Hello. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Wolf Den Live, episode 241, the one where we do running commentary for the entirety of the Mighty Ducks animated series. That's right, friends. That's the content you came to see. Us doing running commentary for a very obscure Disney Saturday morning cartoon from the mid-90s that only four of you watched. How many seasons could that show possibly be? Only one. Only one? There's only one? There's only one. And I think it's only like 15 episodes. It's not a long-running series. That was a big deal. At the time, it felt like a big deal because there's a big like yeah. marketing push for it because the movies were out and they were popular. There was a huge toy line for it. We had a bunch of those. Yeah, that's what um, I'm saying. But, I mean, does anybody anybody in this chat even know that was a show? <laughs> yeah, Let like alone... I cared about it. Yeah. I mentioned this we're... before, but I traded a Mighty Ducks action figure to my current roommate for a Ninja Gaiden uh, 2 on the NES. Yes. Which we good, still have. <laughs> good trade. Yeah. That was what? Was I like freaking seven? Prop must have been. Yeah. I only bring this up because I saw on my Instagram, like right before the show started, somebody was comparing the characters from the Mighty Ducks cartoon to the Ninja Turtles. And I look at that Why? and I don't know, but I'm looking at that and I'm like, there are only two people who would appreciate this post. Me and our good friend Tim Simpson, aka LP Soldier 0303 on Twitch. Subscribe to him and watch his Resident Evil speedruns. Um, that's it. <laughs> There's too many of them for them to be compared to the Ninja Turtles. I know. They, they cheat and they throw in like Splinter and April and whatnot, but yeah, that's that's why look I bring how, it up. Look at how many there are. Yeah. There's like seven of them. Yeah. Also, to everybody but in the chat. they're badass looking. They are. Also, to everybody in the chat, yes, I know I'm laggy tonight. I'm sorry. Yeah, we have no idea why. Just look at me. Yeah. Instead, it's, I'm it's great. you came for anyway. <laughs> it's like people come to see Bob, but they come to listen to me. So I feel like it all works out. Just put a post-it note over half your screen. Yeah. Uh, anyway, hi, everybody. Hello, NSVG. Hello, uh, Jacob. Hello, Alex Boktor. Hello, Parker. Uh, hello, everybody. Hello, anyone and everyone who is here tonight. And a special hello to Glitzvile, who gave us $15.24. Damn. Hell yeah, Animal Crossing Pog Challenge. What? Uh, Whatever that is, I am down for. Pogs need to make a comeback. Not kidding. Pog Challenge. I found my Pogs. I thought I had given them to my friend. Apparently, I did not. That's not a thing. That pog, pog challenge <laughs> is not a thing. Yeah. He's, he's wrong. Oh, and we got another super chat. Yeah. Uh, seven dollars and ninety ruples. Seven seven point nine ruples. <laughs> I watched it all the way from Brazil. Nice. Hello. Hello. Brazil, of course, now officially getting uh switches again. Oh yeah, that should well, that's not really a story. Not really. Uh, Braz, uh Nintendo is officially supporting Brazil in supplying them with uh Nintendo Switches, which is a big deal because Brazil has an insane import tax and it's really hard for them to get games from uh imported from America or anywhere. Um yeah. so them being actually supported as a country is a big deal. Yes. But also getting anything shipped to Brazil is a pain in the ass. Yeah. So it's not just video games and it's not just uh it's not like the game company's fault. It's all Brazil's fault. Yeah. 
Anyway, uh, at least as far as I know, because I tried to ship something personally and it was a major pain in the ass. Um, we got things to talk about today, like, for example, the Indie Showcase. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Oh. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, this is completely out of order, but uh, yeah. here's everything from the Indie World Showcase. Now, there was an Indie World Showcase on Tuesday. They announced it, what, on Monday? Yeah. Like late That's at night again. Well, that's how Nintendo's always done it. You know, they're like, hey, we're going to have a, a Nintendo Direct of some kind tomorrow. Tune in. And everyone's like, oh, my God, they're going to announce uh, Zelda 2 or whatever. And then they don't. And everyone hates Nintendo. This one, the well, last time I checked, it didn't have a lot of thumbs down. You know what? Let's go. That would be interesting. People let's, actually let's like check Nintendo them out. Direct. Uh, this was right after it was posted, though. So I feel like now that there's been some time, people... Are gonna start to hate it. Oh no, ninety-four percent likes. Wow, that. that's actually a pretty great like to dislike ratio. Yeah, considering there was like nothing good in this, yeah. <laughs> in this indie direct. So, of course, expectations were at all-time low because it's an indie direct. I mean, we love indie games. Yeah, I'd love to see some great indie games. Uh, I wasn't into that much that I saw here. A lot of them looked cool, but in terms of, like, unique gameplay, uh, nothing really, like, stuck out to me. I, I I think the big problem is that there were no platformers. There were no 2D platformers. I don't know if there were no 2D platformers, but there were no, not a lot of, like, strictly 2D platformers. There were a lot of, like, open-world games or, like... Of action adventure games and things like that, but there weren't you know traditional platformers or even Metroidvania style platformers. I would say, yeah, nothing that we're like usually into when when we yeah. see indie worlds. I, uh, I think another problem, uh, usually like with indie games, I found find like the best indie games are the ones that like I actually get interested in are sandwiched between like the big announcements. So, like, if this was a traditional Nintendo Direct where they announced, like, their big stuff and then, like, sandwiched in between or, like, a few indies here or there, that usually gets me more interested than just, like, a handful of indies all at once. Because this is just, like, a handful of Lego bricks. Like, all right, I like Lego, but I don't know what I'm going to do with all this. Uh, yeah, I'm, that's another problem is that Nintendo's doing these small announcements with games that people don't really care too much about. Yeah. Uh, and it just feels like an obligation at this point. Like they're not putting that much care into it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of these games would get a lot more hype if they were sandwiched between some big announcements. Uh, yeah. It's just unfortunate. I think I'm st like, I'm starting to think uh, like something's up. <laughs> with Nintendo, like I'm just getting scared. I'm getting yeah. scared for Nintendo. Yeah, there's they they're eerily quiet right now for a long, long, long time. Yeah, and I and I know they keep saying like oh it's because of the pandemic and stuff, but at this point, you know, because other game companies are not having this problem. Well, no, they are. It's they, just they it's are, just but that they're, they're they're either not talking about it or. Mm -hmm they're they're saying our we have this game coming out but now it's delayed yeah they're they're better at you know alleviating fans like worries well about nintendo what... isn't saying we have this game and it's delayed they're pretending right. like they have no games exactly well that yeah that's what i mean they have no games because there are delays right yeah yeah other other companies are like here they are but you can't have them nintendo's like you don't know what they are and you can't have them anyway <laughs> Um, 
so it's unfortunate and 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 it's it, i'm starting to get scared like what if they just come out and they're like we give up we're giving everything to microsoft <laughs> yeah and that's why we haven't announced anything uh i mean i doubt it's gonna be that but <laughs> uh it is concerning to say the least mario's anniversary is in less than a month yeah it's in one two three weeks like but we're we just gonna have nothing are we gonna learn about it in a week yeah i'm getting scared <laughs> i did see i i didn't see it in in the keep but i saw like apparently there was a leak of uh what's what the hell is that game skyward sword hd coming to switch it was on a, Amazon. Yeah, it was a posting on Amazon. So there, there's already hype for that for the Zelda anniversary that, all, for all we know, doesn't actually exist. But their actual flagship character, you've been radio silent on, and his anniversary that, is coming up real soon. There's two reasons I don't, I don't care about that. One is because it was an Amazon listing. Who cares? Right. Two, we still don't. Mario's anniversary is in three weeks, yeah. and we have nothing. And you're already getting hyped. For an anniversary that's a year away. Yeah. So, right? That's a. Well, I'm thinking of the Zelda anniversary, which is in a, in a year. Skyward Sword, does that have an anniversary? Uh, That's not what we're talking about, right? We're talking about the no. Zelda anniversary. Zelda anniversary, yeah. Right. Like, the, it would be, like, they would re-release Skyward Sword for the Zelda anniversary. Right, right, right. Which is next year. And I think it's the 30th anniversary? 35th. 35th. Oh, it is the no. 35th also? Yes. Let me just make sure of that. You make sure, and I'll start talking about the first game we saw from the Indie Direct, which was Hades. Uh, this yeah, game looks cool. 35th. Okay, that makes sense. It was a freaking NES game. Uh, Hades looked really cool. It's from uh, Super Giant? Yeah, the makers of Bastion and Transistor. Yes, which I have never played. I played Transistor a little bit of. Transistor looks really good, and I have it on PlayStation. I, I played a little bit of Bastion. Uh, that game is cool because you have a guy narrating the entire time, and it's actually pretty funny. <laughs> uh, can you read this while I pull up a trailer? Yeah. Hades is a godlike, roguelike dungeon crawler that combines the best aspects of Supergiant's critically acclaimed titles from the fast-paced action of Bastion to the rich atmosphere and depth of Transistor. As the immortal prince of the underworld, players will wield the powers and mythic weapons of Olympus and break free from the clutches of sorry. the infamous... I played audio and it was very loud. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, mythic weapons of Olympus to break free from the clutches of the infamous god of the dead himself while growing stronger and unraveling more of the story. Thousands of viable characters build... Thousands of viable character builds and a fully voiced cast of colorful, larger-than-life characters ensures each and every aspect each and every escape attempt through the ever-shifting underworld is unique. Hades will feature cross-saves with the PC version when the game Ooh. comes to Nintendo Switch this fall. Love seeing some cross-save. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's a roguelike dungeon crawler, so people have probably been playing it a lot on PC, and now you can bring all that content over to the Switch. That's cool. Yeah, very cool. Uh, it's interesting that it's fully voice cast for an A, an indie game, and B, a, a roguelike, which is randomly generated, to have a fully True. voice cast that's that's pretty impressive to pull off i'll also mention that there's this crazy like animated cinematic that opens the trailer yeah uh i saw somebody tweet this and say uh they opened up an independent like uh animation studio and this was their first job 
Wow. So this is the animation studio's first job, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I think it was their first job. He said, I opened it up in an indie animation studio, and this is what we did. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Uh, that game looks cool. Uh, roguelike, isometric uh, adventure game. I'm not sure if that's my jam, but it looks pretty. Yeah. Uh, I don't. Know, I can never. I never got into roguelikes. Neither have I. Yeah. Um, I mean, Dead Cells is cool. That other one, uh, Cave Blazers, is cool. I like two D ones. Like I, I can, I can handle that. Uh, this looks very RPG like. Yeah. For 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 my liking. Um. But Super Giant makes great games, so I'm sure this is great too. Uh, next is Raji, uh, an e ancient epic. Uh, this is very uh, Indian Indian inspired. Yes, uh, I believe it's the the developer is actually based in India. Uh, that would make sense. Uh, you read it. Okay. Uh, this intense action adventure game is set in ancient India and inspired by Hindu and Balinese mythology. A young girl chosen by the gods stands against the demonic invasion of the human realm. Her destiny oh, rescue. What? Uh, I full screened. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> her destiny, rescue her younger brother and face the mighty demon lord. Players will experience fluid combat and parkour while mastering divine weapons. Raji, the ancient epic, launches later today on Nintendo Switch as a timed console exclusive. This looks really cool. This is, yes. this might be the coolest looking one. Yeah, this might be like the like one of the games that I would actually be interested in playing. Um, it is, uh, it looks like the least indie game though. <laughs> it looks like the most like triple A looking game out of all of them. It's still like a, like a, like the camera's really far away. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's like almost a top down, uh, 3d game, uh -huh. but it's like fully 3d. It, this looks yeah. like the most fleshed out game that we, that we're seeing. Yeah. Uh, but it looks really cool. Mm-hmm uh almost like god of war yeah anyway uh that's cool is that out yep. no that's not uh, so a lot yeah. of things in this indie world were released a lot of games in this indie world were released today uh yeah it says launches later today as a time console exclusive oh okay so that's out uh hades i think is also oh no this fall yeah it would be it would be nice if you paid attention to the words I read. As no, I read I'm just bottom. looking at the trailer and then thinking of things I can comment on. All right, fine, screw you. Uh, next up is Spiritfarer. Give me a yes. Now this we saw in an indie world already. I yeah. Do we also see this at like a PlayStation event, or am I making that up? I think you're making that up. Okay. I drew it in a thumbnail. You know what? Let's yeah, just go here. Let's do YouTube.com/slash/wolfpen. <laughs> Let's look at the Wolf Den live thumbnails. All right. I'm going to lose light for a second. What the hell are you doing? Did I not draw it? Did I give up on it? Did I start to draw it and then go, no, nah, I don't want to do it? just wanted to, my Switch is at 10% and I wanted to check the store, see see what games are on it. Oh, here it is. Uh, lots of indie games are coming. What do we talk about in... in uh... In May. Uh, wholesome. Oh, wholesome games. Yes. 
that's what this was. This was in the Wholesome Games uh, Direct. Yeah. I don't know if they said it was coming to Switch. No, they did. They did. They definitely did. Right. We marked the ones that said that they were coming to Switch. Yeah. So this wasn't announced by Nintendo. It was announced in the Wholesome Direct. That explains. Okay. That explains a lot. The animation looks really cool. Um, yeah, it's a pretty it's it, it's a pretty looking game. I saw a little bit of people streaming it today because it's out already. Uh, as the spirit fair Stella help the spirits of the deceased make their way into the afterlife by transporting them across the seas on a handcrafted ferry. In this cozy management game featuring hand-drawn art and animations, players will befriend passengers, customize and improve their ferry and explore an imaginative world or just go wherever the wind takes them. Spirit Fairer makes its maiden voyage on Nintendo Switch later today or today. Basically yes. now. You can it's out. It now. Go go get it if you want. <laughs> go get it. Uh now this is like almost my type of game. <laughs> it's it's got a lot of like management stuff to it that yes. can get really off putting really fast. It like it's almost not... looks like a two D platformer. But yeah. it's got it a real it looks like it has a real heavy focus on management. Yeah. Like resource management and stuff and uh no thanks. <laughs> oh, Raji is ten percent off right now. What did I call it? Uh, I don't know. Ragey, Ragey, Raji, Ragey. The what one, I, the one we're most interested in so far. Well, whatever I called it, uh, it was yeah. wrong. Where did I do with the with my tabs here? I I, I effed it. I don't know. What oh I wow! Did. Some some of the games announced are like ten percent off. That's interesting. Wow. Uh, what do we got? Now, this is all out of order. Yeah. Because uh, uh, next is, well, was the one more thing. Yeah, Untitled Goose Game. I thought this was really good because uh, the whole time they had, like, you know, the very bland PR speak. Yeah. But then they were like, all right, well, that's our show. And then you hear, like, the honking. And they're like, oh, yeah. God. Oh, God, he's here. This... Roll, the, roll the video. Roll the video. And then they, like, really, they, like break character. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, there's a new uh, multiplayer DLC coming to Goose Game. It's free. Uh, mm -hmm. It just adds another goose to play with. Yeah. A free two-player update for the popular slapstick stealth sandbox game will be available starting September 23rd. Untitled Goose Game will also be getting a physical release on Nintendo Switch with more information released in the future. A Q&A with the developers of Untitled Goose Game will be hosted on the Indie World Twitter account August 20th from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Two horrible geese. The new one has like a bigger bill and it's like more orange. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what you'll be able to do with two people, but it looks pretty cool. Yeah. Enjoy. It's a free update. I've had it. Now, I don't know. They, I haven't seen anywhere say uh, if it's online. I, oh, doubt, I doubt it is. I doubt it. Yeah. Most times indie games aren't. Because they can't afford the server space. Oh, there's a another quick look at the upcoming physical release. Cool. Honkfest. Sounds right. So that's cool. That was the one more thing. That's kind of a big deal. Uh, if it's not online, then I'm not doing it. And I don't think it is. Yeah. A short hike. This was a very pretty game. Yes. A lot of these games are very pretty, though, Bob. 
Yes. Are you going to read it or are you going to stare at your switch? No, sorry. I, I, <laughs> what it, are we doing I here? Found, are we putting on a show or what? I found a demo for a game that was mentioned in here that I was actually interested in, but we'll get to it when we get to it. All right. Sorry. Uh, hike, climb, and soar through the peaceful mountainside landscapes of Hawk Peak Provincial Park. A short hike is a game about players taking things at their own pace, choosing their own path, and seeing where it leads them. Along the way, players will meet other hikers, discover hidden treasures, and enjoy the beauty of the world. A short hike launches later today on Nintendo Switch as a timed console exclusive. This looks like it is just a fully 3D game that they rendered at like 240p. Yeah. But it looks cool. I, I, I dig it, that art style. It's it's def it's definitely got like uh late PS1 vibes. Yes. to it which is okay by me well, well no so that's what i mean like it well yeah late yeah because they figured out the hardware but yeah that's what i mean like the the polygons aren't like like super it's not low poly but no. it's low pixel resolution <laughs> yeah it's like weird it's it's a weird sort of like cutesy art style but it's cool yeah, even, I, even though it's most likely running at like 720p well, yeah, it's all upscaled, but in yeah. like a nearest neighbor way, where like the pixels are still really nice and crisp. Yeah. Um, they ran it through a frame meister. Yes. But this is like an exploration game. Like this, yeah. if if this was a platformer, I'd be all over it, Will, because it's a pretty game. Yeah, but it's it's not. It's it's a walking game. It's a walking game. Yeah. Yeah. Not about that. All right. Torchlight 3. Now, I like Torchlight 2, and not just because they paid me to do a sponsorship. It was actually <laughs> well, pretty good. Torchlight 3 is a lighthearted and fast-paced dungeon crawler sequel to the critically acclaimed action RPG Torchlight 2. In Torchlight 3, it's a it's been a century since the events of Torchlight 2, in which the great heroes of all defeated the Dark Alchemist. Now, Nova Str Nova Stradia is threatened by... <laughs> Terrible name. That I... Did I butcher that? I probably it, butchered no, that. No, that sounds right. It's just bad. Nova Stradia is threatened by invasion once again, and players must venture forth to defend the land against the evil Nether uh, Netherrim and his allies. Uh, Torchlight 3 features all of Torchlight's signature gameplay mechanics, including satisfying hack-and-slash combat, epic loot drops, and, of course, the beloved pet system that captures the hearts of ARPG fans. Uh, this grand adventure also introduces new features, including fully customizable forts. I thought that said farts. Uh, <laughs> unique relics, unique relic skills, and a new end game experience. Torchlight Three will launch on Nintendo Switch this fall with an exclusive Red Fairy pet. It's really just Diablo. Diablo. Um, if you like Diablo, you'll like this. It's like a yeah. cheaper Diablo. Like, yeah. If if you were into Marvel Ultimate Alliance, uh, you could probably get into this game because it's a similar style. Uh, all right, next is Takeshi and Hiroshi. Now, this game actually looked really cool. Yeah. I thought this was really... this, And it's a really cool concept. Yeah. Uh, the worlds of stop-motion animation and RPGs combine in Takeshi and Hiroshi. As a 14-year-old aspiring game designer, Takeshi, the player's goal is to entertain their little brother Hiroshi with the latest chapter of their game. Takeshi needs to... Takeshi needs to improvise. While it's his goal to let Hiroshi meet big challenges, 
he also wants to prevent him from losing. Takeshi and Hiroshi launches on Nintendo Switch later today. It's also weird because in part of the stop motion, uh, freaking uh, Hiroshi is like in the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? Uh, this definitely looks like one of those indie games that gets sad out of nowhere yes. real quick. Yeah, there he is. He's in a freaking <laughs> hospital. That's weird. Uh, it's, yeah. But it looks really cool. That that game yeah. looks cool. Because it, it, uh, it looks like you make the game, but you, you have to cater in a way where it's not too hard. Yeah. That, that, uh, I'm, I'm actually pretty interested in that. Uh, it is currently 10% off on the eShop. So instead of paying eight ninety nine, you only have to pay eight oh nine. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it. Yeah, a lot of this like uh, short hike is ten percent off. Uh, we didn't get to it oh. yet, but Evergate is fifteen percent off. They have a they have an indie world sale. Oh, that's right. They said that at the end of the trailer that I watched. Uh, indie world up to 40 percent off can yeah. i click on it okay here it is uh takeshi and hiroshi now i want to take this copy it and go to howlongtobeat.com because I'm, <laughs> I'm an old man now and this is what i do whenever i want to buy a game two hours I'm wow playing wow. this game i might have to get, get that i might actually have here. time Eight for that bucks dude i'm buying this damn hell yeah all right I might Radical. be able to stream that. Yeah. All right, Hypnospace Outlaw. Okay, this was the game whose demo I was downloading before. Okay. Because this looks just bizarre enough to be amazing. You know, we were just trashing the indie world at the beginning of this, and now we're talking about all the great games. That <laughs> I know. I think now that we've had a time to process and look at the games one by one more in depth, now we're just like... Oh, yeah, this is actually radical. Yo, they did a phenomenal job of this trailer making it look like a freaking DOS game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of radical, in this 90s internet simulator, players will scour the wide variety of websites, add useful downloads to their desktop, dodge computer viruses, and hunt down virtual villains as an enforcer in the Hypnospace Patrol Department. Hypnospace Outlaw launches for the Nintendo Switch on August 27th, the game will be available for pre-order on the eShop later today with a free demo version also available to download. And that's what I was downloading. So I, after the show, I will give that a shot and see see just what we're in for. Uh, yeah, after I just said this looks, they did a great job making it look like a freaking DOS game. And yeah, the, the bitmap looking things going on. It looks yeah. freaking awesome. Yeah. But not my game. Looks like a point and click. <laughs> no, it, yeah, no. This definitely is like one of those weird esoteric artsy type of games that I want to try and get into more because mm -hmm. I feel like they'd be really interesting. Uh, but I know this has the potential to just be the dumbest thing. <laughs> it's also on Game Pass. That makes sense. So that's cool. Uh, you yeah. don't actually have to buy it. Yeah. Or I mean, try the demo on Switch and then... Yeah. Uh, See if you want to get it on Game Pass or on your Switch. Who cares? Uh, anyway, Card Shark. Uh, another one. Cool art style. Yes, cool uh, art style. Not something I particularly. I like. actually. So I really like the art style in this. Um, I really like the idea of this game. Okay. I don't think I would actually like playing <laughs> the game. 
It's made by the guys who made what's that other game? That other card game, Kings. What's what is it called? Uh, hold on, I'm looking. Thing? I'm looking them up now. Uh, Reigns. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Reigns. Yeah. yeah. This game with the with the little face. Yeah. All, All right. right. So players will fleece and cheat their way to the top of 18th century Fr French society in Card Shark, a stylishly illustrated adventure game that is all about playing your cards right. On their journey from table to table, players will need to build their repertoire of card tricks and carefully manage their ill-gotten gains as the stakes rise uh, ever higher. The players must be cautious. If cheating is exposed, they will be gambling with their lives. Card Shock launches on the Nintendo Switch in 2021. So basically, you're a card player, but you cheat all the time to win. And the game is about you trying to cheat properly uh, so that you don't get caught to work your way up the ranks. Right. That that sounds awesome, but I I feel like it's it's gonna be it's not gonna be intuitive. It's gonna be surprisingly complicated and weird, and it it could lose me like very quickly. It seems. Yeah, I don't know. It. I mean, first of all, it's a card game that you're playing as a video game. Yeah. <laughs> so there's probably like a heavy story focus. Otherwise, why are you playing it? Mm -hmm. you know but it, it, it's i mean if you liked reigns maybe you'll like this i don't yeah. know i've never played reigns because again that's a card game that you're playing as a video game <laughs> <laughs> so i don't know well manifold garden is one that's been out for a while i've seen this game before yeah uh Let's see here. Set foot in a beautiful world filled with mind-bending puzzles in Manifold Garden, a game that reimagines the laws of physics. Geometry repeats infinitely in every direction, and falling down leads players back to where they started. In order to progress, players need to manipulate gravity to change their perspective and see the world in new ways. I think... It, yeah, it's out right now. This game looks really cool. It's a very pretty game. 10% uh, off on the eShop. Buy it now. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen people play this game. It, it, it's yeah. it's real. This is this is really cool. Uh, it's just a port to the Switch, though. Yeah. Uh, as is Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero. Oh, that's next. Yeah. yeah. Uh, everybody should know this game, right? Yeah. In Subnautica, players discover the depths of a vast alien underworld, a vast alien underwater world, by collecting resources, crafting underwater structures, and outsmarting wildlife to uncover the mysterious the mystery of the planet they crash landed on. For explorers seeking a frozen adventure, the sequel, Subnautica Below Zero, will have divers trying to survive the icy biomes of planet four four five four six B. Subnautica and Subnautica Below Zero will both launch on the Nintendo Switch in twenty twenty one. Yeah, I'm not into this. Yeah. <laughs> exploration game. A lot of exploration games today. Yeah, I feel like that's become like the new indie thing to like explore the world and discover who you really are. Discover the secrets <laughs> of the worlds around you. And spoiler alert, it's that capitalism ruined everything. Next, Garden Story. This, Garden was, this was the breakout yeah. star of the show for a lot of people. Garden Story invites players into a wholesome and delightful world where they'll rebuild the community as Concord, the newly appointed guardian of the Grove. Traverse a vibrant island to combat uh, to com to combat the invasive rot, cultivate fruity friendships, gather precious resources. <laughs> 
Restore buildings and rebuild your home. Oh boy. Uh Garden Story will bloom on the Nintendo Switch in 2021. You can't just say that. I mean, I read it as it was. You can't just say cultivate a fruity <laughs> friendship. Anyway, uh Yeah, I don't know why this I mean, this is a really cool looking game. I, I think uh it probably like touched on the same nerve of people who liked um Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley, that's what I'm thinking of, yeah. It's like Stardew Valley meets Golf Story. That's what it looks like to me. Uh, Now, we have an article uh, that is a closer look at Garden Story, one of yesterday's Nintendo Switch Indie Showcase stars. It's also, I mean, yeah, it is a very pretty game. Mm -hmm. Uh, The future certainly looks bright on the store. I'll also note this game doesn't come out till next year. Uh, The future is certainly bright. Was this also in the friggin' uh... Because I've seen this game before, too. This might have also been in the uh, uh, Wholesome Game Showcase. Yeah. Anyway, future certainly bright on the indie front with yesterday's Nintendo Switch Indie World Showcase showering us with plenty of exciting titles. One such game was Garden Story, a particularly charming-looking game starring a little cute grape called Concord. There appears to be a nice... Is Concord like... Yeah, Concord grape. Is that like a wine thing? I think so. Is Concord like the like the wine town? There, there's a type of no. There's a type of grape called the Concord grape. Oh, I don't know if that's the specific grape that you use for wine, but I do know that a Concord grape is is a type of grape. Okay, <laughs> we learned something here today, boys. There you go. <laughs> there appears to be a nice blend of exploration and combat here, but the main goal is to rebuild your precious home and cultivate your own community. Let's kick things off with this official description. Is this exactly what you just read already? Uh, yes. All right, I'm not going to read it. Want more? Then we'll give you more. Check out the key features and screenshots. Key features. Explore a lush living world. Immerse yourself in the Grove's vibrant organic ecosystem with four distinct and adorable regions to enjoy. Foster a community, take on requests, complete favors, and work as a role model to provide inhabitants with the confidence to support your uh, one another. Don't be afraid to ask for help. We're rebuilding together. Combat rot. Solve puzzles and fend off rot as you delve into particularly infested locations of the grove. Caution, uh, take caution, especially formidable rot have taken resistance in uh, has taken residence in the depths of these areas. Experiment with equipment, utilize a variety of items and help gather resources, grow gardens, stave off rot, solve problems, and indulge in the occasional musical interlude. It's so it turns into Guitar Hero. Cultivate <laughs> your home, care for garden plots, gather resources, co- uh, curate libraries. <laughs> I love doing that in my video games. Upgrade your tools and rebuild structures. Garden Story set to launch on Switch in 2021. Uh, I don't think any of that is fun. <laughs> yeah. That does not sound fun. Did I see any combat with the, with the stave off rot? I don't remember seeing any combat in the trailer. Where's the rot? I have the Steam page up. Oh, there's now. rot. I found rot for a second. There's, there, I see it. Okay. There's a little rot blob. Do you beat the crap out of him? It looks like he has a shield. All right. But that's it. You like, you like hack it once and it disappears. 
maybe we'll find out that this game is like really an action game and they're not yeah. going to tell us until like right before it comes out. Well, um, there is a demo on Steam for oh. the game. Oh, here's uh, more. Oh, no, you get a sword, dude. Yeah. So there, uh, you can download the Garden Story Autumn Town demo on Steam right now, uh, available for Mac or Windows. Ooh. Uh, yeah. We like that. So if you want to, if you want to give it a try, you can give it a try, but you can't. It's not on the Switch. It's on PC. The bottom right of this screenshot right here, where he has a sword hacking at the rot. Yeah. It says. Uh, Concord witnesses a rot ooze melt into the ground for the first time. Yeah, this is starting to give me Zelda vibes the more I'm like looking at it. It's it looks it, I mean it sounds like uh Link to the Past meets Stardew Valley. Yeah. But you know me, man. I don't want to friggin do I know you don't manage it at all in my you game. You don't play you don't play any games unless it has like 14 machine guns and Limp, Limp Biscuit music yeah, playing, and and you can inject Monster Energy Drink right into your eyeballs. Hell yeah! I was playing Call of Duty the other day, and for whatever <laughs> Not reason, helping your case. I like turned a corner, and it just started playing really heavy metal with double bass and everything. Nice. And it didn't stop until I died. It lasted like a really long time. <laughs> I was like, amazing. I need to hear if other people are coming. Why is this music playing? Uh. Anyway. Uh, so Garden Story sounds cool for a lot of people. Yeah. That's the, that was the breakout hit. It's all downhill from here. Evergate. Now, this should be my game. This looks like, uh, yeah, this, because this looks like your Hollow Knights, your Celestes, you know, your I, games I, of that ilk. I, I'm getting Ori. Ori, definitely. I, I'm getting, uh, a little, little notes of, uh, what's that game that I like that PAX that I played this Lightful? Yeah, I think so. Yes. Yeah, Lightfall. Light, I'm, getting, Lightfall. I'm getting little notes yeah. of Lightfall in there. Uh, but for whatever reason, it's just not like resonating with me. Yeah. Uh, Evergate is a dreamlike 2D puzzle platformer set in the afterlife in which players control Key, a childlike spirit. Key or Kai, it's spelled K-I. A childlike spirit Key. on a journey through life, death, space, and time. The innovative soul flame mechanic grants the power to slow down time and give players great flexibility in, in how they choose to navigate this beautiful yet haunting world. Evergate launches on Nintendo Switch later today. It is currently available on the eShop for 15% off. And how much is it? Uh, on sale right now for 17 bucks. Okay. So a bit on the uh, it's it's a bit on the expensive side for these games. Yeah. Um yeah, I don't know for I don't know if it's the art style, but something about it I'm just not not feeling it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I, like in terms of like mechanics and stuff, it looks fun, but yeah, something about it's not clicking. Lightfall was really good. It's just uh -huh. it had like a, it just needed a little bit more polish. There was something yeah. it just didn't feel like completely like finished or or like there's something missing mm -hmm. um this is giving me that vibe like something's not right here yeah um but i don't know can't put, can't put my finger on it 
Uh, anyway, Baron Breakfast, the breakout hit of the of the whole thing. Well, this is the one. Yeah, if we get a code for this, give it to me because I definitely want to play this game. <laughs> I I I'm just going by the name alone. Well, yeah, that's why I want to play it. Give me the freaking trailer, dude. Where's the freaking trailer? Uh, in Bear and Breakfast, a laid-back management adventure game, oh. players take on the role of Hank, a well-meaning bear trying to turn around, trying to turn an abandoned shack into a successful B&B. Uh, as the business expands, so do the mysteries of the forest, and soon Hank will find himself uncovering a plot deeper than, wilder than the wilderness itself. Bear and Breakfast combines building, management, and exploration elements with deep customization and side quests galore. The game launches on Nintendo Switch in 2021 as a timed console exclusive. I love everything about this except for the type of game that it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's side quests galore. I want to freaking murder myself. Like, what does that mean exactly? Side it just quests means galore. here's a bunch of stuff to make it so you can't beat the game. <laughs> Here's a bunch of stuff to distract you from the main go, from the main game. The yeah. website is bear.game. That's the perfect website. I, there's a lot I like about this, again, yeah. except for the type of game that it is. <laughs> um, and that's it on this website. I have another uh, There's like here. They just quickly list a bunch of other games that were shown in most The Red Lantern, which is not about the DC Comics character. Um she dreams elsewhere, Haven, going under, unrailed, struggling, grindstone, and goner too. Yeah, but th th those are like in the uh in the montage. Yeah, those are the sizzle reel. Haven we've seen before, and that looks good. Yes. We we like we like Haven. The the Red Lantern uh caught my eye A because again, DC Comics, but also um it looks like Whoa, 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 a, whoa, 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 whoa. It looks like a dog mushing simulator. <laughs> What? Oh, Red Lantern? Yeah. Well, you're, you know, you're like, uh, you're a dog musher and like, you have to like explore the wilderness and stuff and the Alaskan frontier. So that's interesting. But again, don't know if I'll ever play it. I just clicked to a random part in the Haven trailer and they're banging. Yeah. Oh, right. They're banging. That. Yeah. Bro, this game looks cool. Haven. Yeah. Uh, let me look up Red Lantern. Yeah. Uh, hold on, let me just open up the other article so I'm ready. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This looks yeah. good too. Oh, oh a bear a bear just punched a dog. Yeah. Oh he ate the dog. Why is it gotta end like that? Oh, it's because it's, it's an indie game. They're always dark and depressing. Oh well, that's it. That's the whole indie showcase. Yeah. Um, so we started off saying not many cool things. We're ending off saying there's some cool things. Yep. <laughs> it was a very, it was a very all right show. Uh, yeah. I'm going to buy Takashi and Hi Hiroshi because uh, that sounds like a cool game. Yeah. Because it's, it's only two hours. Uh, I'm gonna definitely play the demo for uh, Hyperspace Outlaw mm -hmm. and, and report back next week. <laughs> the, yeah. This. Uh, Hiroshi and Takeshi, uh, it's all claymation, so yeah, and it looks like it's a lot of uh animation, so it, it's being a short game, a two hour long game, <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> makes a lot of sense. And there's probably not a lot of replayability here, 
Mm-hmm. So you're basically playing a movie. But yeah, I, I'll give that a shot. I'm going to leave the tab open so I'll actually be able to play it later. Uh, and that's it for the Indie Showcase. Uh, overall, pretty average. Yeah. A B minus. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Wait, I, I need like a great... There wasn't a lot. You know what it was? There was nothing from... I mean, the biggest like indie game that we saw was Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. I remember which seeing... Which was a good... That was a great one more thing. I mean, the Hades announcement's cool too, but that's a game that's been out already. Yeah, I think... Because Braid just got announced as like... I don't remember if it's coming to PS4 or PS5. It's coming to both, actually. It's it, like Braid's coming back in like the anniversary edition. So I I half expected that game to be part of this announcement. Because there's no reason why Braid can't be on the Switch. Right. But... That would have been like a great a great one more thing or like to kick off the show because Braid is, you know, the prototypical indie game. It's, it's like basically defined what an indie game is. Mm-hmm. That was an indie game, the movie. Yes. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it feels weird to say we didn't have any big indie game announcements because indie games shouldn't be big. Right. <laughs> Once they become big, they're not indie games anymore yeah uh but yeah we didn't have usually these indie showcases there's like one thing like the cadence of hyrule uh announcement that was like yeah. a big deal um like the dlc for that like the last indie game showcase was had some huge things in it uh but again there were some breakouts in here that looked pretty interesting yeah it's just that my gameplay style that i like had uh not a lot of representation in this yeah all right, we got some super chats here. Yes. Uh, cheap Miami Wreckers with $5. Why do y'all pretend to like video games? Bunch of goofy Marios. Uh, we we don't play video games. We only talk about them. Yeah, obviously. Nobody on YouTube uh, who talks about video games actually plays them. Yeah. You either, you either talk about them or you play them. Go to yeah. Twitch if you want to see people play them. But then, you, then they won't talk about it. Spoiler alert, they don't really play them. <laughs> um, Eric Calvert with $5. What happened to The Last Campfire? It looked great, and I want it. What is that? Uh, I just looked it up. The Last Campfire on Nintendo's website, available summer 2020. Uh, available summer, 2020. Uh, summer technically goes into September, so they still have time, but we might need to update that soon. I don't know. Oh, I know this game. This looks like concept art. This doesn't even look like in-game art. Yeah. Well, this little guy. The little guy looks like... Uh... Journey. The little yeah. guy looks like a guy from Journey. Yeah, that game looked cool. Yeah. Uh, who made this? Uh... Hello Games. Hello Games? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. That was like a big deal. It was yeah. like, wow, they're coming out doing something else? <laughs> Yeah, they're not spending all their time on friggin' uh, uh, no, no man's sky, no man's sky, no more heroes, <laughs> no man's sky, no more heroes. Uh, uh, Matthew Ross with five dollars. I think Switch will outsell PS5 and Xbox Series X this holiday. I also agree. 
Yeah. Your thoughts also, I love you too and your channel. Thanks for the great content. Thanks, man. Oh, thank you. Yeah, uh, I think it'll outsell. Uh, I, I don't think it's a big accomplishment to outsell the new consoles. Because mm -hmm. the new consoles... I mean, they do good their first year, but they yeah. don't do, like, gangbusters. Like, the Switch didn't do, like, amazing until the second year. Mm -hmm. the, the second holiday. Yeah. When, I, did it... When, when was it the best-selling gift of the holiday? Wasn't it the second year? I don't think it was the first year. I don't year. know. Because it, it came out in March, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. I think but, it was the number one gift 2018 and 19. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it'll be hard to tell because you know the the switch has already been out for so long, so people know what it is, and there's already a great library for it. The PS5 and the Series X, for one thing, will probably be more expensive than the Switch. Both of them. Um, yes. Also, there is a huge factor. Yeah. Uh, also, too, the the portability aspect of it, and the you know the person the personal aspect of it where you can just play it by yourself here whereas with the other two you know it's more of a of a social thing because of the all the online stuff and i don't know if people are really into that right now with all the social distancing that's going on yeah um the switch already was breaking a lot of records in the past couple of months even though it was hard to find yeah but the year it it was the, the years when it was the number one gift for the holidays it was still impossible to find um yeah so despite that it was still the number one gift um yeah. and even now it's breaking a lot of records and there's no games coming out <laughs> and uh you can barely find it anywhere uh but yeah that it, it, it will it will definitely out but again it's not a big accomplishment if it outsells these new consoles it'll be a yeah. it'll be a big accomplishment if it does that next year i think mm -hmm. yeah um especially if they have cheaper ps5s and xbox uh series s because uh the fact that it's cheap is just a huge of course people are gonna buy it also you're not gonna buy your nine-year-old a freaking uh ps5 you right know, you're gonna it, let's say you got two two nine-year-olds <laughs> you're not gonna buy one ps5 you're gonna buy two nintendo switches exactly all right uh eric says the audio is out of sync refresh yeah and don't look at will just put a post a note over will yeah i'm broken tonight <laughs> um Oh, here we go. This is cool. Uh, here's some controllers for Mario's 35th anniversary. At least somebody's celebrating it. This is Hori. Yes. I'm very disappointed in Hori. Uh, look at these freaking controllers. <laughs> <laughs> this is a damn travesty. Uh, the, the one on the left looks like a uh, fake. It looks like something I would find on AliExpress. It, it looks like somebody put a, a shell over like an actual good controller it looks like somebody printed onto a shell and then yeah sold it on amazon um it's a little it's a little sad the yes. next the other one's all right the red and gold one it's all right i don't know because 
I feel like the fact that it's the gold makes an M shape. Like I get it, Mario or Mario, <laughs> if you're so inclined. But it's just the spacing of everything is like weird to me. I think I, I actually like the one on the left better. I was gonna say I think I like the red and gold one just because it's next to the other garbage one. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is uh the first officially sold 35th anniversary anything. Uh, the Switch is receiving not one, but two new officially licensed Mario-themed controllers this September. The smaller pad is from Hori, and the regular size one is from... Oh! I did not know that. Shame on Hori, then, for having the uh, just an ugly-ass one. Uh, and, and also shame on Power Ray. The Hori Pad Both Mini. friends of the show, by the way. I know. The Hori Pad Mini is designed for younger players with tiny hands. All also, right. I got that for my daughter. Despite its size, the Mini Pad comes with dual analog sticks, a D pad, and all other essential buttons you need to operate the Switch. That, I mean, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. Uh, it's built for plug and play capability, compatibility, and features a cable length of 10 feet, 9.8 feet. Uh, so there's no charging necessary, although it excludes NFC, rumble, and gyro. Fine. Nobody needs that yeah. stuff anyway. It launches on the 1st of September for 25 bucks. And pre-orders are open now. It's probably a great controller. I just wish that they did something better. Oh, <laughs> next up is an enhanced wired controller from Powerade, which is a great controller. If yeah. you've already got one of these controllers, you'll know what to expect. It's designed for extended gaming sessions i don't know how it could be it comes with a 3.5 millimeter audio jack hell yeah uh mappable buttons and an ergonomic layout the cable is detachable for storage purposes uh the con and the controller comes with a two-year limited warranty that's nice uh yeah. this is also 25 bucks that's pretty damn cheap yeah now the power a advanced wired controller i believe is the exact same as the face-off controllers we have? I think so. The only difference is you can't change the faceplate. Yeah. I'm looking for mine. All right, all mine are downstairs, so it does me no good. This is great oh, radio for the podcast listeners. Just Bob opening and closing drawers and stuff. While I sit here choking on my tea. How's everyone doing? I got it. Right. You got it? I got it. Here it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Shows how much I use it. Yeah. Oh, this one's not... It doesn't have a detachable... Uh, yeah. Cable. Uh, but it does have an audio jack. Which is nice. Oh, this is... No, this is different. This is pretty different. Oh, no, isn't... Is that even power eye? Nope, this is PDP. Well, so it's very different. It's a completely different <laughs> controller. PDP was the first one to put an audio jack in, in the uh, controller, though. We're sure about that. Uh, yeah, because they had... The one that was before the face-off was the first one to have the audio jack. It was a big deal. You're looking it up. You're fact-checking me. I, I Yeah, because we're getting company names wrong left and right and i want them to still send us stuff so i want i'm gonna i said this on twitter i'm gonna freaking redesign one of these controllers 
using the template and yeah. I'm just gonna send it. Now I didn't know that it was Hori and Poweray. I thought they were both Hori. Uh, finally, now, a Nintendo Switch controller compete. with a headphone jack. Let's see what this YouTuber has to say. Uh, his name is Woofdin. I'm is that he's... this controller or is it a different controller? It's a different controller. It's a red controller. It might just be the red faceplate. No, that's the red faceplate of this. It is. I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have done two videos just to put a faceplate on it. It's taking its time. I've this. Uh, why do you sixty frames a second? Who are you? Yeah, I was experimenting. That was my experimental phase. Oh no, Sorry. no, I always do sixty if I have gameplay in it. Uh, but I shoot in twenty-four. Can't this control this PDP controller had a previous version that you couldn't change the faceplate the- out. PDP Nintendo Switch Face Off Deluxe Plus. That's the one you're talking about. That's the Face Off, yes, which is this controller. It, yes. I just had a red faceplate on it. Yes. Well, and I'm saying you... that there was a previous version of this PDP controller that you could not change the faceplate on that had the audio jack. That was the first controller to have an audio jack. Yes. For the Switch. Yes. Yes. Now PDP jumped on board with this freaking controller. Power A jumped on board with this freaking controller. Power A is, yeah, that's what I say. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to redesign a Mario controller and have an open call to Powerade and Hori and say who wants it. Because, uh, frankly... Mad Cats comes back from the dead, swoops in Frankly, and I'm incredibly disappointed with both of them. I think they could have gotten way more. At least, I'm I'm less disappointed with Powerade because they tried. I feel Hori like... Hori tried the, not at all. The, the best special edition controllers with, like, designs on them and stuff are subtle. Yeah. They're not, like... Very minimal... Very yeah. graphic design. Or like, I kind of like what some of the, the Xbox controllers with like the grids on them and stuff because they're not like overpowering the, the controller. Mm-hmm. Um, those do a very nice job of it. But yeah, you don't want it to like be too busy on the on the controller itself. The Power A has decent controller designs. Like this one's cool. Yeah. So does Hori. Yeah. No, well, Power Eye has specifically Mario ones. Yeah. Uh, like, th- this one's cool with the freaking Mario 3 thing. They-, they had a Mario 1 one that looked yeah. cool. Uh, no, some of these are pretty bad. This one's almost good. <laughs> this is Zelda one. It's got a nice blue uh, D-pad. I can't find the Mario one one. I think oh, I, I, I own it. Oh, you have it. I have it in our. It's in my basement. That one's cool though. Is that yeah. wired? That's wired. No, it's not. Okay. It's, uh, it's got the buttons on the back. I have that Pokemon one also. Oh, Mario. No. Oh, here it is. This one. I like this one. But even like that's not even that creative. <laughs> <laughs> You're really just slapping Mario on there and a freaking yeah. plant. Yeah, I'm disappointed. I think I I think we can do better. Because literally all you're doing is just putting a putting printing a design on it. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. Next news. Uh, uh this the is a big, big news. one. This is a big one. Uh, this news broke. On Thursday last week, so of course we couldn't talk about it for Wolf Den Live. Right. Uh, Epic is in a big epic fight 
Ah, with, I see what you did there. With, uh, with uh, Apple. Yes. So uh, Epic, also, the creators of Fortnite. Also Google, but mostly Apple. Yes. Uh, it was a very strange turn of events that day on Thursday. Oh, very oh, yeah. weird. Very weird things were happening. Uh, and people are taking sides, and I don't like it. I don't like that. But anyway. It's... Yeah, well, go on. Uh, I, this is the only article I could find that like actually because it, it this has been uh, this has been a fight that's been going on for a decent amount of time it, and it's not only that but like once the news broke like on Thursday like the big news more and more just kept happening one right after the other and it was like very hard to keep track of yeah so there's like a million articles uh, this mm -hmm. MacRumors.com kind of chronicles the whole fight uh, and they get really they go really deep like yeah. into, into i feel like i should maybe i should just skip to august 13th anyway epic games versus apple timeline of events surrounding fortnite's removal from the app store mm -hmm. uh apple has faced increasing scrutiny over its app store practices from both developers and regulators in recent months one particular vocal critic has been fortnite creator epic games which has repeatedly referred to the app store as a monopoly uh i'll also note that epic games they make the unreal engine which a lot of yeah. games run on mm -hmm. uh i feel like that's important to remember when we go into this whole fight uh in august 2020 apple removed fortnite from the app store after epic games introduced a direct payment option in the app for its in-game currency v bucks defying the app store rules in what appears to have been an orchestrated move epic games promptly filed a lawsuit against apple accusing the company of anti-competitive actions below we put together a timeline of epic games versus apple saga uh, basically, uh, Epic Games, uh, in an act of protest, they added an option where you can directly buy V-Bucks circumventing the uh, App Store. And it, uh, it, it wasn't just that. They, they listed you two options. One was to buy the, to buy the V-Bucks, you know, through the traditional method through Apple for $10. But right under that was buy directly from Apple for 8 Buy directly from Epic for 8 Epic, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it got rid of the app stores 30%. Or, well, it's, it's actually, that doesn't add up. Which which I'm still not even sure how they were able to do that because, you know, all purchases and games go through app like Apple stuff anyway, and Apple provides the SDK to make, to implement that type of stuff. So that was some really creative uh, programming to bypass that. I don't, it could just be a direct link maybe uh anyway or an iframe you just put in your friggin credit card information on their site true uh anyway on june 16th a long time ago epic game ceo tim sweeney who uh, liked, show. liked will's tweet uh <laughs> tells the washington post that the ios app store's monopoly protects only apple profit not device security and then also, Sweeney quote tweets the Washington Post story. Here, Apple speaks of a level playing field. To me, this means all iOS developers are free to process payments directly. All users are free to install software from any source. In this endeavor, Epic won't seek nor accept a special deal just for ourselves. How noble <laughs> of a multi-billion dollar company. Yeah. Um, 
So he wait, when did he like your tweet? Uh, hold on. Let me I made... scroll down. When did I post it? You figure that out. June twenty third. Tw uh, Sweeney tweets. Opening iOS and Android up as truly open platforms with a genuinely level playing field between first-party and third-party apps and stores is the only way to ensure a competitive, healthy, and fair app economy. He liked my tweet on August 6th, and that was the tweet about uh, Apple not allowing Google Stadia or xCloud on the App Store. Yes. But they allow Netflix, Hulu, Amazon... Basically, they allow video streaming services, but not video game streaming services. Which is interesting because, oh, here it is. TLDR, yeah. uh, Apple would want Microsoft and Google to submit every songle game on xCloud and Stadia for review. Yeah, the, yeah there are typos on it. Tim Sweeney dose, apparently don't care. Dose, that mean they make Netflix, Hulu, Amazon, HBO, Shudder, DC, Disney, CBS, Peacock, Criterion, QB, Verve, uh, etc. Also submit every movie on the streaming service as well. Um, it's a valid question. It's interesting because... Uh, you didn't mention Tim Sweeney. You didn't say anything did about not, Epic I, or I, I anything. Honestly, I don't even follow Tim Sweeney, but he must have been looking for people who hate, who like are ripping on Apple that day. So, I didn't know this about this. I'm learning this now that Tim Sweeney has been thinking about this for a while. Yeah, because as I mean, as we'll get to it, as soon as Fortnite was removed from the App Store, that's when they announced they were suing them. So I'll just cut to the chase here a lot of people yeah. uh are hating on fortnite for this move they're hating on epic for this move uh i uh don't think it's that crazy i i i think it's actually it, i don't want to say it's a, it was a smart move but i think that uh it's a better move than most people let on like they shouldn't be getting as much crap for it as they are because of things like this yeah because Apple is doing weird stuff like they're not like they won't let xCloud or Stadia on their devices, even though there's no reason not to do that. Or also, we'll talk about this more later, but uh, the whole thing with the freaking uh, Comixology. Yes. Uh, and that also like uh, the Kindle store is the same similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. You can't buy books or anything through those so, storefronts. So that's a weird thing because. OK, so for those of you who don't know. Comixology and the Kindle store, which are both owned by Amazon, you can't buy comics or uh, books directly through those apps. Amazon did this to um, avoid paying Apple the 30% cut of in-app purchases. Right. In order to buy comics or books, you have to do it directly from the company's website. However, very recently, apparently, uh, Amazon enabled... Uh, in-app rentals on the Prime Video app. So, so if you wanted to rent a movie for three ninety nine through the Prime Video app, you can do that, and Apple doesn't get a cut of that. Yeah. That's some well, that's some deal they worked out with, with Amazon. Mm -hmm. Amazon was basically like, listen, you you want this on the store? Don't take your thirty percent. And Apple's like, you know what? Fine. <laughs> Yeah, that's weird. That that's another. That's them playing favorites. It's weird. That's that's the thing. That's I think that's I think the big thing that Epic's trying to 
show here is that Apple has all of these rules for their app store, but it's different for everybody. Yeah. And um, they don't, and they're very bad at explaining who's allowed to, who they bend the rules for. Basically, the, the, the big thing that everybody hates on Epic for right now is that they mo- they tried to mobilize their fan base against Apple. Yeah, which is that's not very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but per, I'll, I'll get to it later. Um, yeah. But anyway, uh, I think that Apple didn't want Netflix or anything like that on their on the iOS store to begin with. It just got too popular and they had to allow it. Yeah. The same thing with all those other video streaming services. Well. Uh, I don't know about Netflix, but I know Spotify. Spotify, if you try to update your yeah. you know, your subscription through the app, you actually pay more than if you did it from the web browser because that's their way of compensating for the Apple tax. Yeah, and I just never upgraded it for like months because I kept forgetting. Yeah. I'd get and in I'd... my car and I'd be like, oh, I didn't upgrade it. I got to wait till I get home. And then I would just forget. I and actually now that I think about it, I don't think you can uh, pay for your subscription to Netflix through the Netflix app on iOS. Mm-hmm. I think you have to, you have to do it through a web browser. Uh, Honest, I mean honestly, I would pay more to do it in the app just because I'll forget otherwise. <laughs> I know that's well. That's the thing; it's a convenience <laughs> thing, but at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's a convenience thing. It's convenience for us, but at the same time, you know, that 30% cut that these developers are not getting can sometimes uh, be a lot. And, yeah. you know, they could use that. Apple is basically taking a cut. The The 30% cut is there to cover basically server space um, in the App Store servers and also just to maintain and curate the App Store. The Apple deserves a cut. They do, but... How much of a cut is the question? Yeah, and 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 where's the rules and where's the line? It's, it's... I, I don't remember if it was The Verge or Engadget, but the App Store profits last year were fifty billion dollars total. <laughs> Apple's Imagine. cut of Apple's cut of that was fifteen billion for just basically hosting a web browser. Well, I mean, it's their store. It it is their store. But that's still a major profit. Uh, yes. yes. That like that's that's a profit of most mid-sized companies. The, the argument that I hear a lot is that YouTube takes half our revenue because they're the platform. Uh, Twitch does the same thing. Mm-hmm. But Twitch, I mean Twitch, I know uh, they will renegotiate if you're a bigger streamer and take uh, less of a cut. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean. You know, <laughs> we got Apple over here. Anyway, uh, I think that there's certain things like subscription services and in-game currency that I think that they should figure out something different. Because right. there's certain things, there's no reason for them to take that big of a cut. Like, I want to freaking just buy a freaking comic book off of Comixology. There's yeah, no reason why I, they should I, take I a think, cut of that. This is the, I'm in the Comixology app. I think the big thing is in-app purchases are still yes. subject to the 30% tax um, and developers. That's the thing they're most sick of. So I'll because, just talk about it now. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that uh, it, it, to me, it sounds like uh, it's, it sounds like you have a store in New York 
and you're paying a state tax. Yeah. In this, you have a store, you have you have a a, a game in the app store and you're paying the tax to Apple. Right. Um what's weird to me is that uh I think I think what they should do is uh they shouldn't take a cut of in-app purchases cuz now you're in their you're in the freaking uh Right. You're in the store. You 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 you're you're already in the app. You already bought the app. Yeah. Now you're now you're on Comicsology, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like you're there now. You're not you're not in the App Store anymore. Yeah. Um you don't give freaking Microsoft the cut every time you download a game on on your Windows computer. And that's one of the arguments f- that they're going to bring up in the court case. Um yeah. that 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 iOS is just a freaking uh it's just a uh what do you call it? Uh, An operating system. Operating system, yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, one I, thing I, I I think that they just need to they need to f- uh, make sure that it's not a Super Mario Run situation where you use an in-app purchase to buy the whole game. Yeah. They should regulate that a little bit if they're not going to take a cut of in-app purchases. Also, they should not allow you to download a game with in-app purchases if you're under 18. Yeah. And that would be a huge blow to a lot of people. But I think that uh, too many people exploit in-app purchases to target little kids with their mommy's credit card. Yeah. Uh, one of the things Epic Games points out of uh, in their lawsuit is that Apple does not take a cut. Uh, they do not implement that thirty percent cut for apps like Uber and DoorDash and StubHub. Yeah, what the hell, dude? Yeah. So that's what I mean by like the rules don't apply to everybody. Yeah. So why does Comicsology have to pay a cut when mm-hmm. Uber does not? Yeah. It's because I'm buying something digital. I it's uh they they label it as like real life goods and services. So like why yeah, why does real life goods and services have a different distinction than digital content? Exactly. There really there really is no difference. It's it, it's a super bizarre ecosystem that they've set up yeah. for themselves. And I think that's the main thing Epic's trying to get across. I mean, in addition to lowering the, the Apple tax or eliminating it completely, it's to call the light the the un the unfair nature of the App Store itself. Because there's only one place you can get apps and games and stuff on iOS. You can't sideload it. You can't uh, get it from another store on on your iPhone because you can only get it from the one place. Apple pretty much controls everything. Right. And they the rules. And they have a list of rules, but those rules change depending on who you are and what you're selling. I don't know much about Android because uh, I haven't had an Android phone in a really long time. But it sounds like it's better over there because uh, you can have the Amazon store. They have their own app store well, on Google. It's better and and you can sideload games. In fact, Fortnite for the longest time was only available uh, from Epic's website, you have to download it onto your phone. Right. But the problem is, for a for a lot of like phone companies, when they get Android, one of the things Google like puts in the fine print is if you want to include the Google Suite, you have to include the Google Play Store. Right. So the Google Play Store for most phone manufacturers, they add it to their Android phones by default. It's there right on the front page. So by default, that becomes the place where most people 
go and buy their games or their programs from. They right. don't even know about you can get them from Amazon or other storefronts or like sideloading from a web browser. They don't know you can do that because it's all right there from the Google Play Store. And the Google Play Store has similar rules to the iOS App Store. But like somebody like Amazon, if they want to allow Comixology for you to buy the game, buy the uh, comics directly through Comixology and, and not have Apple, uh, not have Google take a cut, mm-hmm. you could just buy it off of, you could just download it off of the Amazon Store. Yeah, and they could say that they could say, "Hey, if you download this off of uh, our app store, you don't have to. You can buy comics for cheaper." Yeah, uh, and that makes competition a little better. I think big multi-billion-dollar corporations yeah. fighting with each other is uh, ultimately a good thing for us because eventually it, it makes them change. Yeah, um, yeah. So- something's gonna give, and hopefully, it's for the better. Because what Epic is doing, all in all, isn't a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Because by exposing, you know, sort of like the biases in the way Apple and Google, to an extent, you know, use their storefronts, um, it if if that changes, then it opens the door for more developers to put their stuff on on the app stores and to become more profitable in the long run. Um, but that said, you got to this is still multi billion dollar corporations fighting with each other they have their own interests in heart they don't really have ours it's always about Uh, money everybody always says that this is just about money um and it's true but it's also about money for little people too like like yeah independent developers also have to pay these same apple taxes yeah um but uh another thing to bring up is that you know like uh Companies working together is good. For example, when uh, you can have games like uh, My- Minecraft being cross-platform, mm-hmm. you got Nintendo and uh, Microsoft working together. But part yeah. of that is because of the fighting happening between them and Sony. So, so like <laughs> that only came about because of years of of infighting. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, let's read more of this article, shall we? Yes. We are only on July twenty fourth, which is not even when the sh- the the crap at the fan yeah uh sweeney tells cnbc that the app store is an absolute monopoly arguing that apple has locked down and crippled the ecosystem by inventing an absolute monopoly on the distribution of software on the monetization or on the monetization of software they have invented an absolute monopoly on the distribution of software on the monetization of software there should be an and Uh, it's because he's speaking it yeah. Uh, the direct quote. Uh, July 28th, Sweeney tweets, It pains me to complain about Apple in this way. Apple is one of the greatest companies that has ever existed. Oh, my God. Perhaps the greatest. Perhaps. But they're fundamentally wrong in blocking competition and choice on devices they make, and that holds up entire fields of technological progress. Apple is... Uh, they like having a lot of polish. They like being able to control the polish. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's part of that's part of the reason why they have strict. an app store because you know they have a certain stand. They have a very high standard that they maintain, and right. they want to, you know, make sure that everything that gets released on their platform reaches that standard. I remember back to my days uh, working in digital uh, video distribution. There's uh, a little insider tip. One of the reasons why Apple has such a very strict uh, quality control program. For their for movies and TV shows that get sold on the App Store on the iTunes Store, is because 
if a if a customer sees like a a bad looking video file on their iPad, they think something's wrong with the iPad, right? And therefore, it's something wrong with the Apple device itself, not necessarily the video file that you provided. So they want everything to reach this high quality standard because it makes their devices look the best. Yeah, I've noticed if you upload a video on YouTube that's a little wonky looking, like the bitrate ain't that great, people are just going to blame YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sweeney tweets, this is a critical consideration in the 30% store fees. They come off the top before funding any developer costs. As a result, Apple and Google make more profit than most developers' games than from most developers' games than the developers themselves. That is terribly unfair and exploited. Exploitative. Exploitative? Exploitative. 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 Yes. Um, I mean, I mean, I get it. <laughs> like, yeah. That one I don't know about. Like, of course, they're, they're going to take it off the top. Yeah. It's not like YouTube pays us after we, you know, pay an editor or something. Pay a cameraman. It's not like, you know, it's just how it is. Yeah. Um, August 1st, Sweeney tweets, Apple's international. Well, actually, no, wait, I walked I walk that back because I compared Apple to being the state and that they take a state tax. But you yeah. get a tax return for your for your uh, gross profit. Yeah. What's the one that you actually get, the gross or the net? Uh, Net is what you get. Net is what after expenses. Yeah. Okay, so... Take what I said and put whatever accounts to it. No. <laughs> uh, August 1st, Sweeney tweets, Apple's international anti-competitive strategy has been running for much longer than most realize. Here they are in 2011 muscling Kindle purchases off of iPhone by demanding 30% of ebook revenue, which we acknowledge is prohibitive uh, for many things. So we know a little more about this than I thought we did, Will. Yep. I'm very proud of ourselves for going back yep. to 2011 to bring yeah. up some antitrust issues. I think I even made a video back when Comixology first took in-app purchases off of their iOS app. And I think that was 2011. No, no wait, we weren't a channel. We weren't back a channel. No, no, no. But it sounds like but an I early Wolf Den video. Yeah. I'm just proud a lot of people come in here and say we don't know what we're talking about. And usually we go, you're right, we don't. We just read the news. Yep. But we know what we're talking about we here. Know, it sounds yep, like we, we're there. We lived it. Tim Sweeney liked Will's tweet and doesn't yeah, follow him. Didn't even friend, say anything about Epic. My best friend, Tim Sweeney. <laughs> August 13th. This is when He sent things... me a card for my anniversary, which is today. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Happy anniversary, Will. <laughs> Thank uh, you. Epic, this is when things <laughs> actually happened. This is the yes. whole reason we're reading all this. August 13th, which was last Thursday? Yes. Uh, Epic Games introduces a direct payment option in Fortnite app for iPhone and iPad, allowing players to purchase in-game V-Bucks at a 20% discount by sidestepping Apple's in-app purchase mechanism, which is weird because the why didn't they do 30%? Because that's the cut I that think, Apple takes. That's yeah. weird. Uh, let me see if I can find like the actual price and stuff. I think you were right. 10 bucks versus 8 bucks. That would be 20%. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 10 bucks versus 8 bucks. This functionality violates Apple's App Store review guidelines, which indicate that apps offering in-game currency must use Apple's in-app purchase mechanism only. Uh, 
here they are this is in protest and they knew they were going to get kicked off the app store for this yeah the direct payment option is also added to the fortnite app on android in violation of google's play store's rules <clears throat> which is also interesting because they need to go through an approval process to even update the app yeah. on ios so somehow they made it's it like an iframe or something yeah. and stuck it in yeah Epic Games uh, describes Apple's and Google's 30% cut on in-app purchases as exorbitant. Epic also notes that apps that offer real-life goods and services like Uber, DoorDash, and StubHub are not required to use Apple's in-app purchase mechanism, a rule that it believes should apply to all developers. Okay, so they're saying all or not at all. Yeah. All or nothing. Which yeah, I think which, is Which makes fine. sense. Yeah. yeah. And it would be ridiculous if you had to pay an extra Apple tax, 30% Apple tax to get an Uber ride. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Apple removes Fortnite from the App Store, which they knew would happen. In a mm -hmm. statement shared with Mac Rumors, the company said that Epic Games took the unfortunate step of violating the App Store uh, guidelines that are applied equally to every developer, apparently not, and designed to keep the store safe for, for our users. The full statement is below. Today, Epic Games took... Oh, we read that already. Yeah. Uh, as a result, their Fortnite app has been removed from the store. Epic enabled a feature in its app which was not reviewed or approved by Apple, and they did so with the express intent of violating the App Store guidelines regarding in-app payments that apply to every developer who sells digital goods or services. Epic has had apps on the App Store for a decade and have benefited from the App Store ecosystem, including its tools, testing, and distribution that Apple provides to all developers. Epic agreed to the App Store terms and guidance uh, guidelines freely, and we're glad they've built such a successful business on the App Store. The fact that their business interests now lead them to push for a special uh, arrangement does not change the fact that these guidelines create a level playing field for all developers and make the store safe for all users we will make every effort to work with epic to resolve these violations so they can return fortnite to the app store next bullet point epic games files a lawsuit which there's a pdf is right here against yeah. apple in cal i'll remind you this is all happening last thursday all of yeah. this uh within hours Epic Games files a lawsuit immediately because they knew they were going to get kicked off. Yeah, it's like they had it ready to yeah. go. And then as soon as they were removed, somebody like signed the final like line on the dot dotted line. That's that's why this is amazing. This is a yeah. war between multi-billion dollar companies that was completely orchestrated. This was chess. They were playing chess here. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's like Apple got a surprise chess match just in front of them. Yeah, They're like oh, I didn't know we were gonna have have to do this on a Thursday. Um, anyway, Epic Games files a lawsuit against Apple in California, describing the company as a monopoly power and accusing it of unfair and anti-competitive actions. The complaint alleges that Apple has become what it once rallied against: the behemoth seeking to control markets, block competition, and stifle innovation. Which is interesting because when they were saying stuff like that, they were fighting against the monopoly of Microsoft. Yes. Um, and then Ep this is the big one. Epic Games yeah. shares a video called 1980 Fortnite, which ah. is, which is I, um, I don't like that. That is lame <laughs> as hell. Uh, parodying Apple's iconic 1984 ad 
whereas Apple's ad portrayed IBM as the evil big brother. Uh, Epic Games aims to show that Apple is now the dominant power. Uh, Epic Games has defied the... This is a quote from the video, which I'm playing on screen. Epic yeah. Games has defied the App Store monopoly. In retaliation, Apple is blocking Fortnite from a billion devices. Join the fight to stop 2020 from becoming 1984. Again, this all happened last Thursday. Yeah. Rapid fire. Uh, uh, did you know that the original 1984 commercial was directed by Ridley Scott? I knew it was directed by some by a big deal. Yeah, uh, that was like two years after Blade Runner. They got Ridley Scott to do that. So, I mean, that was a great commercial. Yeah. Uh, now it's coming back to bite Apple <laughs> in the ass. So this was the part where they mobilized their fan base. This was also in the game. I don't yeah. know. I think it's in the theater in the game. I don't know if it's yeah. when you open the app if it plays. I don't know. But uh, I thought at first I was like, this is really cool because it's two companies fighting and they're using like this was an interesting way to to blow it back in Apple's face. I mean, I don't necessarily know would say it's two companies fighting. It's more like one company going all out and another company yeah. just being like fine <laughs> <laughs> so uh the big problem with this is that they're showing their like 14 year old fan base and being like look at what apple's doing mm -hmm. do something about it <laughs> help <laughs> us because now they're taking off the app store and and they're gonna lose a lot of money for doing that but uh yeah. they're kind of fighting for all of the other developers yes um so this is where it gets a little like uh people are choosing sides a lot of people that i saw on twitter were saying this was lame as hell of, of epic to do um but again i just I, I i think their heart's in the right place uh yeah and it's good to have these sort of big companies fighting um but yeah trying to mobilize your fan base that's where things get a little yeah. like uh, maybe just stick to the companies fighting don't bring us into it this was gonna happen sooner or later it sooner needs to later, happen it yeah needs to sooner happen. or later apple's and google's you know 30 percent tax that they have was gonna come into question and people were gonna try and fight it and people were gonna try and you know sue and get around it and things like that i think epic doing it they're in a position right now where they are a big enough company and they have a popular enough product where they can take a risk like this. Because right. Fortnite is the biggest game on the planet right now. So for them to do this and for that game to get removed from the App Store, it calls a lot of attention to the situation. And it makes not only developers and people who follow technology um, in on what's going on, but also like the average person. Because like, you know, I guarantee our dad is going to have a question about this. <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, he doesn't give a crap about Fortnite, but this is something that like is going to be brought up on the evening news and he's going to, he's going to want to know what this is all about. Uh, it's also important to remember what I said in the very beginning. Epic also makes the unreal engine that a lot yeah. of games run on. So a lot yeah. of games that are currently in the app store run off of Epic's software. So, yes what does that mean <laughs> you know i 
that that's where things get a little weird. Like if Apple's yeah. really going to go in hard with this fight, let's say they win the lawsuit, what does that yeah. mean for every game that runs on Unreal Engine? Because uh, that's a well, development tool for iOS games. That's August 17th. Epic Games reveals that its Apple developer program account will be terminated on August 28th of this year unless it resolves the violations of the development program license agreement, including introducing a new payment functionality that was not submitted or reviewed by Apple's app review team. Apple says that this would result in Epic Games losing access to all of Apple's software, SDKs, uh, APIs, and developer tools. Without that access, Epic Games says it cannot develop future versions of its Unreal Engine uh, for use on iOS or macOS. Okay, so it sounds like current Unreal Engine games would be fine, but if there's ever any right. updates... Updates or like Unreal Engine 5? Yeah. That's... Which was a big just, deal that we've talked yeah, about on this show, Unreal Engine 5. You just cut like half of the games that are available for iOS. Like yeah. that's half half of your potential revenue gone because of this spat right here. Yeah. Uh, is there any other important notes here? Because uh, we well, well, let's finish at least last Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> In a blog post, Epic Games encourages Fortnite players to fight against Apple's Apple uh, app tax by using the hashtag free Fortnite on social platforms. That's another thing like, hey man, maybe just keep it to yourselves. Yeah. Uh, in a in an FAQ, Epic Games says that all mobile developers and consumers have the right to choose alternative payment pro, uh, providers that charge less, as is the norm on all other general purpose computing platforms, uh, including web, Windows, and Mac. Epic adds that Apple even allows Amazon Prime Video to process payments directly as a special deal while holding other apps to a different standard. See? We know what we're talking about. Yeah. Spotify sides with Epic Games. Spotify, I should note, is also um, embroiled in a lawsuit with Apple over in Europe because they're based in Europe, but for similar reasons. That explains why they're on that side. Yeah. Google removes Fortnite from the Play Store after way too long, it seems like. Epic Games files a similar anti-competitive lawsuit against Google. Sweeney tweets, today Apple said Epic is seeking a special deal, but that's not true. We're fighting for open platforms and policy changes quality, uh, equally benefiting all developers. And it's it'll be a hell of a fight. Yeah. That's very noble of CEO Mr. Tim Sweeney. Mm-hmm. On August 14th, Sweeney tweets, at the most basic level, we're fighting for the freedom of people who bought smartphones to install apps from sources to, of their choosing. The freedom for creators of apps to distribute them as they choose and the freedom of both groups to do business directly. And then August 17th, you read that the whole developer program is going to ruin things for uh, Unreal Engine. The information that Epic... The information reports that Epic Games is seeking to form a coalition of Apple critics. Okay, so probably for the lawsuit. Yeah. In a statement, Apple says we won't make an exception for Epic because we don't think it's right to put their business interests ahead of the guidelines that protect our consumers. And again, that's not even what they want. They don't want yeah. an exception. Uh, and that's as far as we know so far what's yeah. going on. Um, yeah, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a big fight between these yeah multi billion dollar corporations. Uh, there was something I wanted to say. 
I'm just looking at like who is possibly on this coalition of Apple critics. <laughs> um, Spotify seems to be like the big name on there. They don't really say who. Microsoft should jump on board to get xCloud on iOS. See, I don't know because Microsoft and Apple are like, people act like there's like a rivalry between the two, but they're like best friends. I don't know. I don't think they would, they'll, they'll complain about it, but I don't think they would risk joining Epic because uh, Office is a big seller on iOS. Yeah. I know it was like part of the last uh, uh, Mac OS uh, like reveal they were talking about Microsoft yeah. Office or something. Yeah. I think they do it all the time. It's probably one of so, the biggest apps that they get downloaded on Mac. Yeah, so I don't, I don't think they're going to I don't think Microsoft's going to at least publicly announce that they're joining Ep Epic's side. Mm -hmm. They'll just sit back and wait and see like who wins. I mean, it'll be a big deal for xCloud. Oh, definitely. Because it is really stupid that uh, you can't have a streaming platform on uh, iOS you, you, because they have to curate every single game. You you can't have a like, game streaming service that you can have a movie streaming service. Yeah. But, I mean, it sounds like you can have a movie streaming service, but you can't pay for that movie streaming service on the on the app store you have, or, or, through, or on your phone at all. You have to go through a web browser. Unless you're Amazon. Unless you're Amazon, for whatever reason, they get yeah. special treatment. And that's another mm -hmm. thing. Apple keeps saying that Epic wants special treatment. They're like, they're like messing with the narrative to make yeah. it seem like Epic is the bad guy. And I don't want to make it sound like Epic's the good guy either. Yeah. Because I feel like we are. But it's just good that they are having this discussion yeah. at all. Like I said, it was bound to come up sooner or later. And Epic is in the position where they can introduce the conversation to people and get the ball rolling on this. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if friggin', I don't know, uh, the guy who made Fez did it. Nobody would listen. Right. But Epic, you know. The, the Apple store, the, the iOS store is something people have been complaining about for a really long time. So yeah. it's good that a really, really, really big player in the App Store is having a problem with it. Yeah. This uh, also, I mean, they're going after Apple because there's the biggest, but like Microsoft and Sony have a similar thing on their stores, on the PlayStation Store and on Xbox Live. I oh, remember another, even that's another thing people bring up too. I, I and I think Microsoft might have actually. I remember hearing somewhere Microsoft that was actually the first company to do thirty percent cut when Xbox Live launched. So, but the fact that Apple's doing it, you know, they're the biggest company in the world. They just recently became the first two trillion dollar company. So, you know, if people can get them to change, then all the other ones will follow suit. Now. I think it's important to note, I read this somewhere, I think that Microsoft and Sony do not take a cut of in-app purchases. I, I, need to, okay. I need to find a source on that, though, because yeah. I don't want to be wrong. Uh, but I found this article. Uh, Fortnite cuts cost of V-Bucks on Xbox One consoles before being removed from Apple and Google app stores. Interesting. Uh Hmm. Yeah, that's an argument a lot of people bring up uh, when 
they say that like you know uh why are they like against epic like why is epic complaining on every other storefront they take a cut like they wouldn't have the same problem with microsoft or sony yeah one argument is that those are game consoles and everybody has a phone this is like it's like a public service you know it's like yeah. it's it's it, this is an operating system yeah um How much does Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo charge for royalty? Uh, I'm pretty sure Nintendo is all is high. Thirty <laughs> percent across the board, so it's the same. Oh, uh, Nintendo cartridges are expensive. Blah blah blah. No, but I want to know in-app purchases. I'm, I think that I'm pretty sure that they don't take anything. Yeah. Um. Well, I think it's specifically for V Bucks is is what we're talking about. Yeah, because Fortnite is free. The in game V Bucks is how they make all their money. Uh, how much does Sony make for in app purchases? Sony sued by patent over Fortnite purchases. Huh. That was in March. Ah. How in-game purchases are changing uh, the game industry. I had a link to this, and I don't know. I, I thought I saved it, but apparently not. Where would I have saved it? Uh, it's not in the keep. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know what I did. Oh, you know what? There is a... Hold on. Kotaku Epic versus Apple. It was... There was a... Like, Kotaku wrote an article that was like, here's... Oh, everything about this sucks. <laughs> That's what the okay. name of the article is. Um, Sounds right. <laughs> I didn't like this article. There was a lot of, like... There's a lot of like backhanded, backhanded, like a uh, very angry, yeah, speak in this whole thing. Sony, PlayStation, Microsoft, Xbox. No, <laughs> tried everything here. Console. Nope. I don't know. Nothing. I see nothing. Wow. Uh, anyway, Sukiyomi in the chat says, "Unreal gonna become not real." <laughs> hey oh. Thirty uh, percent is industry standard, but iPhone is the majority of phones. Uh, not says, true. Uh, excised. Uh, Android is. The uh, majority of smartphones on the market are Android phones. Worldwide. Worldwide. I I, I think in America, that might be different. Uh, I th well, even still, because Android is available on a lot more uh, lower cost phones. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I iOS is, you know, iPhones are typically a higher end device. Uh, but, you know, Apple is right now the most profitable company because they charge so much for their devices. They're the most, they're more profitable company, the more high profile company. So it's not really about going after, uh, 
the most that's going after the biggest. And Apple, regardless of how many phones there are versus Android phones, they are the biggest. Also, Epic, the Epic Game Store, mm -hmm. they take 8%. <laughs> so that shows how much they care about this sort of issue. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I got to find... Now, now I'm upset that I can't. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, maybe I'll I'll continue looking into this uh, at the end of the show, which we should right. get to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we spent a long time talking about antitrust issues. Yeah. Uh, where is my? I'm all out of whack here. All right. Let's all blast right. through this. I was gonna talk about uh, Tim the Tatman wins Fall Guys now. That this is this i wanted to explain to will because yeah this is, please explain this to me because i saw this all over twitter and i'm like what espn.com okay we're reporting that tim the Tatman has finally won a game of fall guys i watched this today live there were uh -huh. 200 no there were three hundred thousand people i think at the peak um watching this man just play fall guys so he has been playing Fall... A lot of the Call of Duty streamers uh, mm -hmm. on Twitch, they just play Fall Guys every once in a while because it's a fun little game. Uh, right. This man has been playing with them. And, uh, I mean, he's a big-time Call of Duty streamer. Or he's a big-time mm -hmm. streamer in general. Um, mostly Battle Royale stuff. He is very bad at the game and could not get a win for the life of him. Um, and it became a meme. Like, other characters... Like, other players were starting to target him because they are like, oh, that's Tim the Tatman. And they were, like, holding him back or throwing him off the right. ledge and stuff. So it became, like, a whole thing that, like, <laughs> he was never going to win. And he was, right. like, freaking raging really hard. And then the the uh, the freaking Fall Guys Twitter account was, like, really griefing him hard. <laughs> they, they were, like, memeing on him really. Yeah. They were targeting him really bad. And they were getting, like, really mean with it, too. Um... So it was like a fun thing to follow along for like a week of this man trying to play the game. There yeah. were 120,000 people watching him like a day or two ago uh -huh. just because of his beef with the Fall Guys Twitter account and just because he's so bad at the game. That's yeah. how many people were watching him. Uh, and then today there were 300,000 people watching him and he finally won. Nice. Uh, and he only won one game. <laughs> uh, and here it is. Here he is winning. Uh, and there he is freaking out. And then the Fall Guys Twitter finally followed him back after he won. And then this trended on Twitter. Mm -hmm. uh, it just said he did it was the yeah. trending thing. It didn't even link him or anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I saw people were tweeting like, uh, why is he did it trending? Did I thought Trump finally launched a nuke or something, but it turns <laughs> out it's just this idiot playing a kid's yeah. game. <laughs> um. But it was really funny watching him like get really close to the end of a level, and then somebody mm. just grabs him and throws him off. And he's like, "No, nah, I was right there." Yeah, I, I saw one where like they they push they like pushed him off. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Dextero.com. What is this? Oh, this article said they changed the name of this article, or did I click? Did I use the wrong one? Oh, uh -huh. here it is. The crazy numbers behind Tim the Tapman's Fall Guys win. You have to scroll down a lot in the article. Okay. Um, 
that's the link crowned twitch streamer though twitch stuttered and lagged at times when tim was at was the last one standing on hexagon he had clearly surpassed a whopping 346,000 viewers so i was wrong he stopped streaming shortly afterwards but i had attracted 743,000 unique viewers throughout the day according to twitch tracker that is absolutely insane considering there was nothing going on except he has never won a game before yeah. that's it that's the only reason people were watching there wasn't a tournament there wasn't money on the line it was just he's never won a game before and he kept about 10 percent of those new eyes as he gained seventy-three thousand followers before ending the stream his average viewership on the day of the victory tailed at one hundred eighty-one thousand. while the total hour yeah we don't need to hear all this yeah. Not to mention the healthy 6,000 subs he gained. That's $5 per sub. He gets to keep probably three of those dollars per sub. Yeah, That's a, that's a whole lot of quiche. And again, it's just because he's never won a game of Fall Guys. Uh, last but not least, Tim also managed to get trending on Twitter as the phrase, he did it, hit number eight on tweet charts following his long-awaited achievement. Also, I was there was also uh, another trending thing. I saw that too, yeah. Uh, yeah so that's it that's all we gotta say about this Fall Guys yeah. is awesome I've been playing it a lot uh, it is a fun game to stream over on twitch.tv slash wolf uh, I have only two wins <laughs> but uh, it's a lot of fun that's nice it would be more fun if it played like an actual platformer, but it plays yeah. like a like a gang beast type thing where it's like intentionally wonky. Yeah. So uh, it's hard as hell. And there's a lot of RNG involved, mm. but uh, it's still fun. It's more nice. fun if you're playing with people. Uh, yeah, you better download it before it's friggin' off the PlayStation I, Network. I claimed it, so I have it. All right. So if I ever want to download and play it, I can. I don't know if I'll be able to. <laughs> Uh, I want to blast through these next few stories. Uh, I was going to okay. talk about how the Xbox Series X's UI will unite consoles, PCs, and phones, but uh, forget that. Uh, yeah, I mean, they tried to do this with the Xbox One and make everything look like Windows 8, but everybody hates that. <laughs> uh, there's also the next Call of Duty game is Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which we knew was heavily leaked. It yeah. was the worst secret ever. They have a, a video that they play that tells us absolutely nothing. Um it, it, well, it tells us like the basic setup. Um, it's it's based on true events. Um, a defector from the KGB comes over and like talks about um, somebody is going to infiltrate um, this, the U.S. government, and somebody does. Um, and the identity of that person remains unknown to this day. Um, and the game is about that, basically trying to do that stuff. <laughs> um, and a lot of the, a lot of the information for this was found out. Th- in call of duty Warzone, like there was a lot of yeah. like, little hidden quests and stuff mm-hmm. which is pretty cool uh i just hope the Warzone integration is heavy because i really want to keep that game going yeah uh but lastly we'll talk about batman and the suicide squad leaks yeah so um these are leaks that uh have been all over twitter at, they first on, started on reddit and then i saw them all over twitter um and here we have them in a nice instagram post from uh galbanis gaming thank you uh so these are leaks um, basically pertaining to what the next Batman game, uh, which I talked about in my video today, like that and share it, um, rumored <laughs> to be called uh, Batman Gotham Knights. 
as well as the Rocksteady developed Suicide Squad game, rumored to be called Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. <laughs> That'd be a great name. Yeah. Um, so start with Gotham Knights. Uh, again, this is all... Uh, at this point, it's all rumors. Uh, nothing is confirmed, but uh, DC Fandom, their virtual convention, is happening this weekend, so all this stuff will probably be announced then, so we will see. This Instagram post has one like, and it's me. <laughs> nice. oh, I'm not even on the Wolfden account. Uh, okay, so Batman Gotham Knights, developed by WB Montreal. The game is has a large open-world city divided into 17 districts. Each district is controlled by an elite talent. That's a foot soldier of the Court of Owls. There are four main playable characters, Batman, Nightwing, the Damian Wayne Robin, and Batwoman. Harley Quinn is also available as a pre-order bonus character. See, I like, I don't like the pre-order bonus, but I like that because uh, I never play as the other characters because they're always DLC. Um, in Arkham Knight, one of the things I really liked about Arkham Knight was the, the tag team mechanic. There will be certain parts of the game where you play with Robin or with Nightwing or with Catwoman and you tap, I think, L1 and you can switch to the other character mm -hmm. and you can play uh, as that character in the fights and there are certain cool moves you can do and things like that. So hopefully we get to see that in the game because that was like probably the best part of Arkham Knight. I would love to be able to play as freaking Nightwing and Batwoman. And, uh, yeah. In that, in this universe, uh, Tim Drake is Robin. In the Arkham universe, right. this is this is separate from that. Oh, God which is why stupid ass Damian Wayne is Robin, and so, we'll get to we'll get to Tim Drake with Suicide Squad. Okay, all right. Um, players can switch between those characters at any time while they're in different places, like GTA Five. Um, the main antagonist is the Court of Owls. Talents can regenerate after being defeated, and will go after the character that defeated them. So it's, that sounds like it's kind of similar to the Nemesis system of mm -hmm. uh, Shadow of Mordor, uh, which is great. I'm surprised more games haven't ripped that off. Um, that was like the it that was like the big thing about Shadow of Mordor, and it's surprising me that it took an entire console generation for someone else to do that. <laughs> Another Warner Brothers game at that. Mm -hmm. um, defeating an elite talent means that their district becomes part of Batman Inc., giving access to new upgrades crafting materials and etc that sounds a lot like uh shadow of mordor yeah uh which now that you mention it that kind of makes me scared that how, you know how all ubisoft games are the same yeah does this mean that now all wb games are going to be the same they're just going to be shadow of mordor <laughs> yeah <laughs> fantastic <laughs> Um, a, the secret villains controlling the court are the three Jokers based on Jeff John's upcoming comic. Okay, this I don't believe because three Jokers isn't even out yet. And this just sounds like somebody threw that in there to like ride the wave of hype for that particular comic. I don't necessarily I, think that because three Jokers isn't even technically canon. We don't know if it's going to be canon. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah, because that's a weird thing that just kind of happened in that. What was it? Yeah. Justice League comic where, where they were uh, just like, there's three Jokers. Ooh, yeah, it was there's always been. Yeah, like, we it, don't even know was, what, what that even means. Yeah. Again, that took an entire console generation to finally explain that. It, it, it means it could mean that there have been three across all time. Doesn't yeah. mean that there's three currently. Mm -hmm. 
the game is reportedly arriving in early 2021 for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series X, Steam, Epic, and Stadia. That's uh, Batman. Okay. What's up? No, you can keep going. Suicide Squad, kill the <laughs> Justice League. I like Rocks- that name. Yeah, Rocksteady Production, a co-op game with RPG elements. Goal is to assassinate or capture seven members of the Justice League. They're similar to raid bosses. Uh, Playable characters include Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, Cheetah, Bane, Poison Ivy, Scarecrow, and Gorilla Grodd. Deathstroke and Red Hood are future DLC, with Red Hood being a PlayStation exclusive. So... What we're saying is Red Hood is the Spider-Man of the DC universe. That's what. <laughs> okay. Exact same things. Just as popular as Spider-Man. Um, Justice League bosses include Superman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Rant, Green Green, Green Lantern, <laughs> Green Lantern, possibly Kyle Rayner. That's why I screwed that up. Aquaman, Red Robin, who is Tim Drake and cyborg batman is excluded because warner brothers does not want to show him being killed or captured so red robin replaces him that's stupid okay that is stupid but there is precedent for a thing like this warner brothers as a whole is very weird about sharing characters even though they own all of them it, there was something back when Justice League, the cartoon was on TV, there was something called the Bat Embargo, which basically meant if the Batman animated series was using a character, then Justice League was not allowed to use them. Oh, like, so at stupid. All. So basically, everybody except any Batman character who wasn't Batman was not allowed to appear on Justice League. We know the Batman was running at the same and time. And now we know because of Marvel that sharing characters is the best thing you could do. Yes. But they still don't do that because as recently as like Arrow season four, they were not allowed to use Harley Quinn or the Suicide Squad because there was a movie coming out featuring Harley Quinn and the Suicide Squad. They're so dumb. It's it's this weird thing that like they think people will get confused if you see all these different versions of the characters mixing and matching. Meanwhile, there's a Flash TV show that's been running for like – eight seasons it's very popular and they're still trying to make a flash movie with a completely different actor it uh, it, it would be cool if they're leaving batman out if he has like a little part in the game it'd be cool if they're yeah. leaving him out to set it up for a sequel where batman mm-hmm. then has to fight the whole suicide squad alone yeah um and like all the justice league is dead and it's only his yeah but then later it says that superman wonder woman and the flash will only be captured not killed yeah, so it makes it sound like, for story purposes, those characters um, can only be captured, but all the other ones, you know, feel free to kill. So that will probably it, leave it, the door open for sequels and eventually Batman to enter. To me, it sounds like they just don't want because those are the big, those are big Justice League characters. It sounds like yeah. they just want to make them seem heroic, and they don't want them to be. Yeah, you know, there's hurt. that too. Uh, but they don't care about Aquaman or Green Lantern. Yeah. Uh, Aquaman, who just had like their first billion-dollar movie since the, the Dark Knight. I guess because people do, people like to hate on Aquaman. Yeah, but Aquaman's cool now. He's played by Jason Momoa, so he ain't a punk. Um, Martian Manhunter will be added in, in a future update, so I guess that's you know a DLC mission. You get to go after Martian Manhunter. Uh, reportedly, a, a lot 
reportedly okay. arriving in late 2021 or 2022 for PS5, Series X, Steam, Epic, and Stadia. So these are all basically next-gen games. And this is all rumor. So we, yeah, we don't even rumor. know if this is actually happening. I feel like most of this is accurate or potentially accurate. Um, the three Jokers thing definitely isn't. I will be shocked if it is. Um, I'm interested. I'm curious to see how far the whole you can kill the Justice League actually goes. How did you find this? Because this account only has 66 followers. So, okay. Well, it's going to have a lot more after this. I'll tell you that. That Wolf Den bump. So, <laughs> I found a completely different um, post on Twitter. Oh, so this but is just like a copy-paste? Yeah, but it's it's the exact same information. Okay. And I saw, I saw a lot of other Twitter accounts posting the exact same information. And honestly, like right before... Um, I've, I wanted to save it in my notes to put in the keep. I was like trying to find it. And I, that was the first one I found. This is the first one I found and it had all the same information. This, this uh, Instagram account lost all credibility because they uh, posted an M4 loadout from Call of Duty and it's a garbage loadout. <laughs> it's got, uh, get that stock off of there. Get that, get the freaking scope off of there. Get the freaking barrel off of there. Put a silencer on that bitch. They're using the 10 round so calm out get the get out of here dude get the 60 round mag on there you sometimes all you need sometimes 10 rounds 10 rounds dude so, you sometimes have 10 what? rounds in your in your clip in an automatic weapon playing Warzone. get Look, that man, out of my face if you're good enough all you need is 10 rounds not true i had time barely even gonna rip through armor get that out of here huh. well when are we learning about the suicide squad game um saturday it's funny okay good there's a whole schedule of like what's happening at dc fandom they're gonna they're gonna show the next trailer for wonder woman they're gonna show footage from uh robert pattinson batman they're gonna show stuff from james gunn suicide squad um do we they're, think they're gonna show batman gameplay or game the game they're gonna announce the game allegedly they're gonna reveal a trailer on friday and then like actual information about the game on saturday mm -hmm. so the trailer is just rumored right now but they are gonna like unveil and like talk about the game on saturday okay the question is are A they gonna character. do anything with their comic book division because i mean it sounds like no it sounds like it's not doing too hot well, the only thing i saw like on the schedule if i remember correctly is like there was like one half hour dedicated to comics and it was all just like tune in to find out <laughs> Well, um, we got one super chat that got buried and it didn't show up in our stream labs for some reason. Uh, Dante oh. Mirror with $3. Hi, Bob. Hi, Will. Hope you, uh, the two of you are doing well. We are. Thank you. Yeah. Do it, doing just fine. If we miss a super chat, just let us just like spam it in the chat or something. Yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure we, that's the only one we missed though. Um, all right. So anyway, let's blast through this tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. Tweet of the week. This is a quote tweet. It's a quote tweet of a video of Bernie Sanders from the Hill. Uh, we have to do everything that we can to defeat Donald Trump. And it's him in like what looks like a forest. And the the quote tweet says it's from Blue Republic. And it says, uh, we will start by disabling the shield generator here <laughs> on Endor. <laughs> I don't know why that's the background he went with. 
Uh, oh, Vermont. He's, is he he's Vermont? From, yeah, Vermont. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, but still looks like Endor. Yeah. Anyway, uh, now is when we talk to you people. Yes! As always, you can reach us on Twitter using the hashtag WolfDenLive. If you left a comment on last week's WolfDenLive, this is the part of the show where we will finally answer you. And of course, ladies and gentlemen watching us at home, please start leaving your questions and your comments as we will get to them when we are done with everybody else. Hashtag WolfDenLive. We got Lachlan Everett who says, if Xbox stop making consoles, leaving Nintendo and Sony, maybe Soja Boy, maybe Soulja Boy Soulja. too. As the only hardware and exclusive game makers on the market, would any company try make a new PS rival as Nintendo has its own niche? Google, Sega again, Apple. Wait, what are we saying? If, 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 if Microsoft stopped making Xboxes, oh, okay. so, who, so, would a new company come along to try and make a video game system? Like a home console. Yes. Um, I think it'd none, be so, none of those companies that he mentioned. <laughs> no, because Apple's totally content taking your thirty percent uh, and yeah. uh, having their own digital storefront. Uh, yeah. Google is totally content having a, a streaming service. I think that's really the only way they can compete. Sega, absolutely not. They learned yeah. their lesson. I think yeah. it would be a weird random company. Yeah, like Toshiba or something yeah. weird. Uh, maybe yeah, Dell. I, yeah. It'd be it'd be a weird random company that would do it. Yeah. Uh, Muhammad, I mean, go, go ahead. On. No, no, you do. I'm just gonna. I was, I was gonna, gonna say it's like it was weird and random when Sony entered the market, and it was yeah. weird and random when Microsoft entered the market. So. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, Muhammad Hader says, "How much creative freedom does Will have, and how what, and how often does Bob bully him into doing things that work with the algorithm?" You tell him, Will. Um. I'll give you all the freedom in the world to tell them how it is. <laughs> I mean, really, it's just me trying to figure out what works with the algorithm and what mm. doesn't. Most things don't. I feel like uh, you do not consider the algorithm for most of the videos. I, I No, honestly, I do. I do try. Okay. Because um, I try to, like, the problem, it's been hard this year because there have been no movies to, like, ride the hype wave of. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why, I like, I tried to do, like, you know, retrospectives and top tens. I, I did, like, a lot more, like, lists this year than I usually do. Um, so I, I do try to, like, ri you know, ride that wave and, like, try to work the algorithm. It's just, it's hard. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's very hard because you can do everything right, but it still gets buried by YouTube for one reason or another. Um, yeah, all I do is he... I ask him what his video is on the night before it goes yeah. up. Uh, and then he tells me and I just make the thumbnail. And sometimes I will give him a title suggestion and that's it. Yeah. I don't I don't tell him what videos what to do yeah. videos on. Uh The Aus Cabbage says I watched your recent video about digital versus physical. You mentioned about next gen consoles. I, I am going all digital cuz on my PS4, I've sometimes had physical games take 2 hours to install off the disc onto storage and will the disc be f as fast as the SSD? So I got some comments saying that uh even if you do have the disc, you still have to install it. Yeah. So uh that's not the reason why I would go all physical. It's really just because I will have it on the disc archived for the inevitable 20 years from now when I want to go back and play freaking, I don't know, Spider-Man Miles Morales. I'll have the disc. 
you won't be able to download it off the PlayStation Store. Well, so here's the thing. Right. And because I've had experiences where I can use uh, Battlefront 2 as an example. You know, you, you put in the, I have the disc version. So you put the disc in and it, you know, you think it's ripping the data from the disc. But at least that game, like flat out said, it's downloading the whole game from the PlayStation Store. The up, updates and DLC and everything. Mm-hmm. So that makes me wonder what the like, hell's on the disc. <laughs> not not just what the hell's on the disc, probably just like a security check. But like twenty years down the road, when the 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 PlayStation Store you know cuts off access on PS4s, am I still going to be able to play that game? So it, if I reinstall it. Am I going to be able to? I think the disc has uh, all of the necessary content to play the game. Right. It just downloads stuff also off of the... uh, Well, if it's saying that it's downloading everything off the PlayStation Store, then that's overriding everything that would have been on the disc. But I have a feeling if you unplug your Ethernet and put the disc in for the first time, it'll just play off the disc. Or, I mean, it'll, it'll install off the disc. Right. A lot of people are trying to tell me that every game has a day one update that is required to play the game. Uh, that's only true for multiplayer games. All every, almost every time there's a multiplayer up, uh, um, there's a there's a day one update. You mm-hmm. can still play the game without that day one update right. if you do, if you have your Ethernet cord unplugged. Uh, it's really just multiplayer games. They don't want you to play online without the latest update because you could exploit it in weird ways. Well, even single player games that have day one updates, like mm. sometimes those updates are patch or critical patches that like smooth out the game and well, like, make yes. it actually playable. So in like again, twenty years, if you go to install a game off a disc and you don't have access to the PS4 store, can you get that update in order to play the game? Was it Resident Evil Two that had a day one patch? Because you just couldn't beat a level. There's one level that just was impossible to beat if you didn't might have, have been, Might have been. But again, these are fringe cases. Like, I know I know. this is a bad example because it was a bad game, but Tony Hawk 5 had a day one, like, 10 gig update. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that game's available anymore on the storefront. Right. Even if you have... The, so even if you have the disc, are you going to get that patch? Mm-hmm. I mean, the best thing to do for archival purposes would be to have the disc and then also have an external hard drive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, most games are going to download onto your uh, onto your hard drive. Mm-hmm. But they download off the disc. So if you have the disc, you can friggin' just delete it off your hard drive. And then if you want to play it again, you can put the disc back in and it'll just friggin' it'll just rip from the disc. Yeah, uh, but it's not going to make it faster if it's playing off the disc because again, they don't play off the disc; they play off the hard drive. Yeah. Um, and then Crystal Wolf sent us this on Twitter using the hashtag Wolfden Live. All pictures are from the same game. I don't get this at all. It is is it wrong to try to pick up girls in a dungeon? <laughs> uh, f- familia myth, uh, infinite com combat. Yes, it is wrong. Let them chill, dude. They're in a dungeon. <laughs> Uh, I mean, this does look like a random ass game. <laughs> I've heard of this game just because of the yeah. weird name. Uh, that's the gameplay. Get the hell out of here! It looks like absolute trash. Oh, but it's got such nice, you know, artwork. Heart. It's got a lot of heart. <laughs> it got a lot of heart. Uh, last week's Wolf Den Live Super. I like potatoes. I'd watch the hell out of a Wolf Den cooking show. We'll get to it. 
Uh, I mean, I, I, I do cook. <laughs> Eddie Yoshi said, on the argument of uh, digital versus physical games, did we talk about that last week? Might have. Uh, I was more into the idea of physical ones since you comment more to uh, commit more to a game when you physically put it in. Ah, this sounds like a you problem and avoids yeah. issues of storefronts going down like on the Wii. Yes, that I agree with. Yeah. On portable consoles like the PSP, 3DS, and Switch, having to physically change games was so annoying. I went all digital and I like to have all my games in one place like Bob. I will say that's a it's such so stupid but that is uh one of my favorite things about being all digital on the switch is i don't have to actually yeah. go get a game yeah i finally converted to all digital though for everything when my cd case full of ps2 ps3 and ps4 games got stolen when my house was robbed which means if i'd have to buy all those games again unlike if i had them digitally i would just redownload them that is also a good reason yeah the only problem uh, is if the storefront closes but yeah i mean it's better than having it potentially stolen yeah that's terrible um, i don't know i think what he's mean by like uh more into the idea of physical because you commit more to a game that's the you know the problem with digital games is like the you know the classic steam problem there's a sale you, you buy a whole bunch of games for a dollar and then you never play them mm -hmm. the potential for that is greater with digital content because you don't see it it doesn't take up space um it just exists in the ether somewhere so you forget about it whereas physical it's there it takes a space you could see it so there's incentive to actually go and put it in your system but having said that i have bought many a physical games that i have never touched <laughs> they just sit there on the shelf yeah that's a. Uh, uh, I yeah i don't feel any more guilty about not playing a physical game yeah uh, here's an interesting one arbor dermishi says bob do you want to improve the quality of the show that's how you know this is gonna be a good comment fix your reflux slash breathing problem there are some tablets you can take thanks he better be a doctor if he's gonna do yeah it. i've never gotten a comment like that before in my life that's I, an do interesting know, comment. I do know i have a. I drink a lot of water during these shows and then yeah. i get like a like a acid reflux type problem that has never been diagnosed so are you diagnosing me right now <laughs> But also, if you really want that type of professionalism, go watch a, a professional show. This is not yeah. a professional show. No, nah, man. <laughs> this is a bunch, bunch of two idiots uh, just rattling crap off the top of their head. Look at how choppy Will is. Yeah. <laughs> CC says Xbox has Crossfirex, Stalker Cross 2, Fire X. Stalker 2, Warhammer, Darktide, Chorus, Call of the Sea, and plenty of other games. 80 games are coming to Xbox Series X. Xbox Series is more powerful than your crappy PS5. We will see who laugh in November. Two Dumbos. Oh, he we, got us. We never said that PlayStation was, was looking better. All we said was, like, we didn't really know what was going to be on series x at launch and it looks like they were relying more on numbers than they were like actual games and then we also said that playstation doesn't have much at launch either yeah and then i think i said i was leading slightly towards xbox so i don't know what the hell he's all yeah. pissy about oh that was something i wanted to put in the keep but totally forgot because it was only reported on ign and nowhere else uh halo infinite developers said that like the development of the halo tv show was actually part of the reason why halo infinite got delayed oh my god that's so lame is it did I I, that's not even a thing right the tv show not not yet but showtime oh, is like showtime is developing a halo show and like 
that became like a distract a quote distraction from the making the game they had a web show yes and then oh i thought that was going to turn into something and then it got canceled oh yes uh it was it was um working with showtime in order to make the show like a big transmedia thing and also the fact that 343 also outsourced a significant portion of the game to third-party contractors oh this sounds like a like a like it's not gonna be pretty I mean, I hope not. I mean, I hope like because it's Halo. There's a certain level of like quality to it that you would expect from the first party Microsoft game. Right. So, you know, having to outsource it is one thing. But, you know, if it, if it's having all this trouble for it, that's embarrassing. Last comment from last week is Casper3237. who says nice NPR intro. That's all you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Casper. Just trying to just trying to bring a little something different, a little flavor to the show. Trying to bring some class to it, uh, in between all the the pee and poop and fart jokes. Uh, all right, now we're in the chat for a brief minute because yeah. we are very late. Yeah, this is the longest show in a really long time. Yeah, that's crazy. How is Will so choppy, dude? I have no <laughs> idea, man. Blame Google Hangouts. Both of our internets are great. Yeah. Uh... France uh, said it was just denied. What everything I said was just denied by three four three two IGN. I hope so. Uh, well, yeah, of course they're going to die. It makes them look bad. Also, like they—they uh, they might be denying that that's the reason it got delayed. Yeah. Just like Cyberpunk might deny that COVID was the reason they got delayed. Yeah. Uh. 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 Excise says Phil Spencer actually made me a simp by saying he likes Nintendo. Remember when we were talking about this being a professional show? Yep. <laughs> uh, Clark says my biggest problem with digital games is having to constantly delete and re-download large files. Uh, yeah. yeah. Managing storage is uh, is a problem. It's a pain in the ass. Yeah. And that's what my whole video was about this week. Uh, uh, Lord Schmup, do you have a Harold's Chicken in New York? What is that? I'm gonna Google that right now. I don't think we do. Um, I've never heard of it. I know we recently got a PDQ, which is near where I live. Uh, if you ever come out to Long Island, you need to try that. That is a that is a damn good chicken restaurant. There's a place called Harold's in the city, but I don't think that counts. Is oh, Harold's Chicken Shack is a Chicago thing. Yes. Yelp has top 10 best Harold's chicken in New York. <laughs> but there they you don't go. Exist. Yeah, Harold's chicken is a Chicago thing. Uh, additional locations in uh, Illinois, Indiana, Indianapolis, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, Atlanta, Georgia, and Los Angeles. So, yeah, we do not have a Harold's chicken. Yeah. I've never been. I'll have to try that. Uh, these are my favorites says Bob you should promote the Wolf Den Clips channel more I finally checked it out the other day and it's fantastic great editing thank you that is Ian who edits those Ian why not on Twitter who edits those Um, and and Eric Eric edits yeah. the, these I I, met, I promoted at the end of every episode dude <laughs> yeah I didn't really promote it in our main videos in my videos because um 
we just started doing the uh yeah the gameplay clips like two or three weeks ago so um uh, that's why you did, might not have known about it because I mm -hmm. we didn't have any gameplay content up there until very recently. Uh, no, says the backlog should have its own channel. Yeah, of course you'd think that. Yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't do well as its own channel. Is the problem? It turns out it wouldn't do well on our channel either. <laughs> I think. I mean, the problem is because we don't put it out very frequently. But yeah, so we would have to do it uh, every week for every like week. two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> oh, hey, look. Guy with the hair is here. Oh, hey. Uh, all right. I'm going to read one more. All right. Hey, Will. This is from Parker. What do you think of in Ender the Red Hood <laughs> movie that came out a while ago? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it is very good. It's one of the better direct-to-video uh, DC animated movies that they've made um, in, the, in the recent years. Uh, features the second best Batman voice actor ever, Bruce Greenwood. That is a fact. Do not fight me on that. Um, fun fact, that movie is actually being remade um, as an interactive movie. <laughs> there are, oh, yeah. There, yeah, it's going to be called Death in the Family. It's basically the same story, but it's interactive, so you can change things like Jason Todd doesn't die or, you know, Batman actually does kill the Joker and things like that. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. News for you, Olivia Wilde will. I love Olivia Wilde. Will yeah. direct a female-centric Marvel movie, and she just dropped a Spider Clue. Oh no! Oh boy! I did see right before we went live that Olivia Wilde is going to do. First, I saw it was Spider Woman, and then it was uh, just a female sp Spider-Man. Plenty of speculation around a potential Spider Woman movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, Olivia Wilde has closed the deal to direct and develop a secret Marvel film project revolving around a female character in the universe. Um, it should be important to note that this is at Sony. Ah, oh. so it's it's Spider Man centric, but we don't know what exactly that is. Um, all Olivia Wilde tweeted was um, an emoji of a spider, and then retweeted the Deadline Hollywood article. God. Um, so Spider Woman, that we have no reason to believe it's Spider Woman. We have it's no just reason. Female centric, and that's the those people who wrote that. That's the, all the only thing they can think of. They said while the according to the article, while not confirmed, it is expected that the story will be centered on Spider Woman. Whether that means Jessica Drew Spider Woman, not necessarily. There are a bunch of different Spider Women. The, um, there's Spider Gwen. Uh, I think now, now apparently called Ghost Spider. Sony Spider also Gwen owned, is way more popular. Yeah, Sony also owns um, because through Spider Man, Black Cat, and Silver Sable, there was that rumored Silver and Black movie that was supposed to come out that apparently isn't happening. So it could be a revival of that. Uh, who knows? It'll be interesting to see. Apparently, Olivia Wilde's first movie, Booksmart, was very good. Mm -hmm. um so I, I have it in my hulu queue i should actually just watch it yeah i heard but, that was good too yeah so we'll say uh no in the chat says the doctor's gotta tell will he's choppy <laughs> uh sarah yeah. anderson said i just got a second switch and i'm getting a new micro sd card by sandisk but does the nintendo brand and one mean they are more optimized for switch or does it really not matter i'm confused uh sandisk is just fine You'll be just fine. Yeah. I think I found... I mean, I did this like two years ago when I made that SD card video. Yeah. But I think 
I didn't do any testing personally, but I think that the uh, Nintendo bread and ones are, they might be just a little faster because they're, they are optimized to match what the Switch can read. Right. However, the price of them does not account for the maybe marginal speed that you can get. You're basically just uh, buying the the icon on the SD card yes. at that point. Yes. So, yeah, just a regular ass SanDisk SD card. But even those SD cards have more than what you need on a Switch. Yeah. The Switch doesn't require much. Mm-hmm. I think it tops out at 100 megabits per second, and that's it. So anything more than that is useless. Yeah. All right. I'm done. I'm done. I don't see anything else in the chat I want to read. Yeah. I'm good. Thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching us. Thank you for chatting with us. As always, Wolfed In Live is every single Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern right here on YouTube.com slash Wolfed If you can't make the show for any reason at all, we always put it up as an archive version on Thursday for you to watch on demand whenever you want. If you prefer to listen to us rather than watch us, you can do that as well. We're also an audio podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you listen to us on any of those platforms, Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review us because that helps us with placement on those respective stores. Also, if you want to watch just a little bit of Wolfden Live, maybe you want to send a specific section of the show over to your buddies, or maybe you want to see some clips from Bob's uh, Twitch streams and all that nonsense, then head on over and subscribe to Wolfden Clips where our good friends Eric and Ian take this week's episode and Bob's Twitch streams and cut them down to bite-sized chunks for your viewing pleasure. See, there's your promotion. Eat me. Also, twitch.tv slash wolfden. Uh, go over there, give put on follow notifications so you know when I go live. Uh, I don't know what the hell I'm going to play tomorrow. Play Fall Guys yesterday. Uh, you'll see a clip of that on Wolfden Clips. Uh, so you don't even have to follow me on Twitch. You can just go to Wolfden Clips and you'll get it a few days later. There you go. Uh, thank you for being here. I'm going to go pre-order this Kirby with a gun. <laughs> thank you guys for hanging out, and we'll see you later. Goodbye. Bye.